All right. Rec rec recording in progress. Hello. Hi. What's going on? <laughs> Dude, it's been a day. It's, it's, it's been a day. I feel like I haven't talked to you since like last summer. Uh, hmm. No, because we were just, we, <laughs> okay, we can't talk about that, but <laughs> we did talk to one another uh, on, uh, on the computer uh, about what, over the winter? Oh, well, the soft kill stuff, yeah. And, right? the, and the Lost Lycia episode with... <gasps> That's right. Oh my God, that completely blanked out of my mind. Yeah, it completely blanked out of my computer too. I kind of <laughs> wish I could watch that again. I, I you know, I, I have difficulties at all. I, I have the the choppy and and uh, you know corrupted version of of that. Yeah, that audio was rough. Yeah, it was un unreleasable. But you know, yeah. I do, I do, I do have it not for public consumption, but I can certainly send it to you. Um, yeah. It'd be hilarious. But um, so what, did you, what did you do today? I went and got my boobs smashed. You got oh, you got the mammogram and them, huh? I did. Wow. You. you so were... I, was telling, I was telling the boys, the smashing this way isn't so bad. It's the this way. Ooh. So, uh, so here's the thing. The fact that I don't have the breast assist, right? I don't fully like, I, you know, I've gone to a urologist. I'm, I'm a guy, but we don't get smashed and, and squashed <laughs> and squeezed in that fashion. Now there is a man that holds your penis and looks you in the eye, which if you're a straight cisgendered male, little, a fuck, weird. little fucked up, but I like, I like the guy and he's becalming in nature yeah. so I, I don't begrudge him anything but still he's like he's got dong in hand going now pete here's the thing blah, blah, blah. and like okay don't shake my dick for emphasis sir but <laughs> nobody's squeezing squashing or, or pulling you know no one's trying to make taffy out of that thing the ladies that's a pretty invasive test that we have to get done and, you know, my wife is just, you know, she's gearing up for her first mammogram. Oh, okay. What? Like, why do they have to abuse? Yeah, it feels like, it feels like there should be a better way at this point, but like, literally, they take it, stretch it as far as they can and smash it as flat as they can this way and this way. And like, you you can't breathe while they're actually taking the thing. And so like, this is what happened to me today. So like, you can't move because when they get it arranged in the proper spot, they, you know what I mean? You don't <laughs> want to redo it. And so you're yeah. sitting like, okay, breathe normally. And then I'll tell you when not to breathe. So I'm like breathing normally. And then she's like, stop, breathe, you know, stop breathing. Well, she told me to stop breathing when I was exhaling. So I had like no air in my lungs. So I'm just like, <laughs> and then the one she had to redo and like reposition and she's like stretching it. And then you got to put your arm over here Aww. and then put this arm over here and move your shoulder back and turn at this angle. And it's, you know, but that having been said, 
no matter how uncomfortable that is, it only lasts a couple seconds and it's nowhere near as uncomfortable as dying of breast cancer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I get that, but still, why do you have to abuse them? Like there's gotta be a better way at this point. It's 2022. Ultrasounds would be the best way to do it, but I'm sure that, that first of all, it takes a lot more time and like uh, probably a lot more expensive. I mean, obviously it'd probably be a lot more expensive, but like I have had to have ultrasounds on them before, mm -hmm. but it's, um, it's good times. Yeah. But the, the worst one though is the annual carjacking that goes on <laughs> i always call it a carjacking because it's literally like they put like what's a carjack in uh -huh. you and crank you open and then stick things in there and oh god is that the pap smear yeah they, it's like they crank you open like they put this thing in there and crank you open and and then it's a speculum interesting turn of events here but um, then they take this thing that's like a, a mascara wand mm -hmm. and roll it around in there. I'm really technical with this. And it yeah. hurts. <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like a really intense menstrual cramp for like however long they're doing it. Yeah, it's good times. But yeah, I, and you could tell I've seen the movie Dead Ringers way too many times when I know that the thing they crank you open with is the speculum. Yeah, metal. <laughs> back like when I first started getting these tests and like you know they'd be cold or whatever and you know metal is noticeably less comfortable than plastic I guess I don't I mean none of it's good but yeah again you'd think they'd have like better tests for this I don't know well I mean and and from a guy's perspective I just had my first prostate exam pretty yeah. recently because i'm getting that long in the tooth as well yeah and you know getting you know invariably finger blasted by a large-handed man who yeah. gives you not the one but the two yeah la, a, la, la, la. like yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not fun either and like uh yeah yeah not good it's not would, i'll take being a guy any day well you know it's funny because like you know, I used to be horrified by this stuff when I was younger. Like, you're all insecure and, like, you don't talk about it and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then after I got pregnant and, like, literally random people are coming in the room and looking at you and your legs are, like, here and there and <laughs> hands in places and measuring stuff. And I'm just, like, I really don't care anymore. Like, whoever comes in the room, come on in. Take a look. Yeah. I don't care. Like, whatever. <laughs> this will all be i've lost all shame many years ago like whatever come on in take a look yeah i i and that's what happens when a woman bears a child uh you know when my when my wife was getting ready to have canaan i i think there was no less than three different doctors and or nurses who were just like chucking a finger in just oh, yeah. are, you, are you dilated yet yeah. <laughs> basically yeah yeah, it's crazy. That whole that whole thing's crazy too. Like, uh, like I never had a single um, contraction, and so I don't really know like all of that part of actually giving birth because I went in to get induced and like they gave me the stuff and nothing happened, mm -hmm. and then they gave me a little bit more, nothing happened. That was us. Yeah, and then finally the doctors like it was like I was in there. 
I think it went in on Thursday or something. And this was like Friday at some point. She's like, well, we can try some more stuff. And I'm like, at this point, because they had already, I mean, this is, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Like literally, why am I talking about this? But it's <laughs> already like broke the water, done all this stuff. And like, you're yeah. sitting, I'm just going to be brutally honest here. You're sitting on a terry cloth towel with no underwear or pants or nothing on. Yeah. And you're wet. Mm -hmm. And my skin hurts so bad from like sitting on a wet towel for like a day. Yeah. And I just said to my doctor, I'm like, can we just get this going? And she's like, sure can. 30 minutes later, Dirk was born. <laughs> Tara, we were in, we were, my wife had preeclampsia. We were out to oh, dinner sure. and uh, we'd gone out and whatever we'd eaten had, you know, a lot of sodium. So mm -hmm. it, it induced her one and only episode of preeclampsia. We go and we're about a month and a half out. As a matter of fact, later that evening, we uh, my friends and I were going to go out drinking for the diaper party, which is the men's shower, baby shower. Yeah. So all of my friends were gathered at a bar getting shit faced. And I was out to dinner with the wife and she's like, I don't feel well we're going to the doctor. I've I'm, I'm off. So we yeah. go directly to the hospital where her OBGYN was and where we were going to give birth. He said, you have preeclampsia. This baby's coming now. So I had to run home, get the go bag, all that. We were in the hospital for seven days Holy. because they, they kept trying to induce, they were putting this like, like the thing they put around the cervix to make it yeah. uh, dilate. My wife is, Ouch. she'll tell you she's five feet tall. She's not. She's four, ten and a half, maybe. Yeah. And she's little, you know? Yeah. And no one in her family has given birth naturally. They're all C-sections. Sure. Days and days and days. They're of, like bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to induce for days. Finally, I, I mean, we'd been in this hospital for five days and I look at the doctor and I say, listen, man, there isn't a woman in her family who's given natural birth why are we fucking around? He said, Oh, gee, why didn't no one tell me this before? So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Ask her. She's the one who wanted to go through all this because my wife obviously wanted to try to give natural birth, but zip, zip, zip. My boy comes out. Perfect. The worst, the worst part of that whole thing is. <laughs> ah, so I can hear my wife all there. I'm scrubbed up. I have the gown on. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I can hear her all the way down the ward. Pete, where's my husband? I want my I want my fucking husband now. My wife doesn't curse. I want my fucking husband now. What's going on with my wife? Oh, she's just having a time. So they bring me in the wrong door. So when they bring me in, there's my wife, legs akimbo, <laughs> abdomen open. So I see the whole, the whole get up and go is open and, and, and the shop was open. I, I saw parts of my wife that no one has ever seen. Yeah. Mike saw that too, because when, uh, you know, they put the girl behind a curtain mm -hmm. so you don't freak out. And yeah. uh, when the, my doctor was like, okay, dad, get your camera ready. He's cut, you know, it's now. And so Mike's yeah. up and he's like, yeah, your guts were everywhere. Like, 
he's like, I'm glad you didn't get to see, you know, that. But you know what? I think that's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I, I mean, how can your guts be out and then they just put them back in? That's like, it's <laughs> bizarre. I saw it happen to a dog of mine once too. I mean, you know, that the dog had an infection. They cut her open right then and there and cleaned everything and put them back in just like where the red fern grows. And I was like, well, okay, you can do that, I guess. Yeah, you know, can I, I mean, this is going to be dark, I guess, but mm. I, uh, my it's friend, us. I, yeah, exactly. What do people expect? <laughs> my friend Patrick, um, who we had a complicated history, but um, he, like, I was starting to talk to him again and stuff and everything was cool. And then he, um, I didn't hear from him. And I was like, I wonder what's going on with him. Cause like he had, he had been the one to gift me with my one cat, Jane Mary. And that's how I started talking to him again, because we had to put Jane Mary to sleep and I wanted him to know and blah, blah, blah. We started talking again and then he didn't respond. And I'm like, it's not like him not to respond to this. Anyway, finally his girlfriend writes me and she's like, I need, I want you to know what's going on with Patrick. His appendix burst. And like, he just thought he had the flu. So he didn't go to the hospital. And, and then it, he wasn't in pain anymore. Cause once it bursts, you're not in pain anymore. Yeah. And so, but he was still sick and stuff. Well, anyway, long, I guess long story less long. They did that to him where they took everything out, cleaned out his insides, put it all back in. But unfortunately it was, it was, he was gone. Like it was too late, but why what what is this what is this conversation i don't know how do we get into this i'm not I mean, sure i think it's interesting to yeah me, but, but what the we're, hell we're, we're, we're talking about gynecologists and getting finger blasted over you know your your prostate exams and the like this is aging humans i guess this is what aging humans Reality. talk about yeah 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 i mean we don't even need to go into all of it, but no. <laughs> what is happening? Um, I, you know something? Hi, it's... Peter. I haven't talked to you in a while. Let's talk about like our private parts and death. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. Yeah. Pretty much. What a day. But it's been a it's been a day. That is for certain. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I'm winning all over the place right now, actually. Yeah, you got great news today. I did indeed. And, you know, this is not to say that if your child is autistic, there's anything wrong with that. I have a nephew who is who has, um, oh boy, what is the form of autism that I'm trying to... Asperger's? Asperger's. Mm -hmm. My nephew has Asperger's and he is now in my trade. He's now a plumber. And I, I bought him all of his tools and whatnot. And he's, he's brilliant. There's legitimately nothing wrong with this young man intellectually. It's more sure. emotional and more intersocial. Sure. Which is mostly what autism is with, with maybe like some delays intellectually, but not, they're not stunted, just delayed. Actually, aren't, they, aren't people with Asperger's usually like really high IQ or something? Yeah. As a matter of fact, my mother was convinced and sort of still is convinced that I had Asperger's. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced of that. I think I was just 
the oldest of six kids. So I was, <laughs> you know, I had that going for me, but you know, the, they thought my, my son was, you know, autistic because he had spoken early and walked early and did everything early. And then he just, during the pandemic stopped speaking mm. wholesale, just boom, done. Kanan did not speak after we locked down. It must have freaked you out so bad. I, I've been on eggshells for over a year and a half. Yeah. So, you know, we have him in these early intervention programs and, and you know, he's seeing uh, these clinicians uh, psychiatrically. And, you know, I'm just, I'm mentally preparing myself for the eventuality of him being picked on by asshole kids in oh. school. And, you know, you run through that whole thing. It's I mean, the, I, that's the problem is yeah. dealing with what people may do because of it. Not the thing itself. Not you the know? thing. No, it's the other, it's the other motherfuckers that right. come to mind. Right. So I, I'm mentally preparing myself for all this shit, as is my wife. We're both taking it very hard. It's affecting life in general here. Of course. You know, and, you know, the two of us got this whim that, wow, maybe, you know, and we'd seen audiologists. Of course, it occurred to us, check his hearing. Sure. Audiologist said, the kid can hear just fine. We take him to an ear, nose, and throat person today after we've already been to all of these clinicians these these child psychologists you name it we've run the gamut and we go to an ent and his ears are blocked his inner ears are blocked that's it he can't hear consonants correctly so he can't form words right. correctly because everything sounds like <laughs> so of course he can hear he's just not you know, there's no articulation to, to speech as far as he's concerned at all. We all sound like the, the teachers and the peanuts. Right. It's yes, sir. just <laughs> didn't catch this, though. You know? Uh, it, it's, uh, apparently, it's very difficult to discern, especially if the kid's not having inner ear infections, which Kanan did wow. not. Well, I'm probably daughter... little, and they can't articulate, like, well, what's my... going on. My daughter had the same issue, but she had ear infections. So when she was an infant, she would pull on her ears and scream at the top of her lungs because she was in such pain. So the tubes went in rather quickly with my daughter, Elise. Now, my son, none of this. Easy going, very happy kid. Just none of this, none of the pulling, screaming, belly aching. So this had gone unnoticed for years. That's wild. Yeah. But well, the the kernel the kernel of of light in this is that you know he's gonna get tubes in his ears and all will be right with the universe in the Tansky household again. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day you'll be sitting there going, "Okay, you can stop talking for a little while." Shut up. <laughs> I know there's sometimes when you know when Dirk was younger, he would just be talking, 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 which is fine. Mm -hmm. But you know, sometimes I would say, like, can you just like not talk for just a little bit, <laughs> just a little? Like, I don't, I, I'm interested in everything you're telling me, but, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a little bit of a break here. It's, uh, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like I had 
an abscess tooth that I'd been living with for about a year and a half and they finally took it out. Yeah. That's pretty much, this is very cathartic. <laughs> well, gosh, between that and, you know, just surgery and. Mm, yeah, I could, listen, you, you can, uh, anything can happen to me literally. And it's fine. As long as it's not my wife or my kids. Yeah. I feel you. That. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucks having to, you know, it's like life's hard enough without having to deal with like diseases and just, I guess that's just getting old though, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I, honestly, anything that I've endured is it pales in comparison to everything you've been kind of like cutting your way through, but it seems like, it seems like you're, you're handling you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you're not breaking down. No, actually, I feel better because I actually know why I don't feel good. Yeah, you have a clear picture of 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 what's happening for it years. Yeah, I mean, it, like for years, for uh, like literal decades, I've been telling doctors something's wrong, and they run the basic tests and they don't find anything, and then they always just tell you just lose weight, and I'm like, Dick, if I could do that, I wouldn't like what it, duh. Like I starved myself, stupid. Like, of course, it, anyway, that's a yeah, whole other. You, you want to give me another eating disorder prick? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, I already did all that. Like it's, I think that they don't believe, like when a girl, and it probably happens to men too, but like when a girl goes in and they're like, no, I promise you, I don't eat a lot of food. They think you're lying to them because they probably do get lied to a lot. But yeah, like- but that- that's what they do to women. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I've been told, I've been told by doctors to lose weight and they're like, eh, you got a beer belly to a woman. It's like, Hmm, mm, yeah. like the, there's that whole psychological warfare that, that older men especially play with women. That's yeah. very patriarchal in a, in a very disgusting way that makes me seethe with animosity, but I'll digress because yeah. I'm not a woman and I not really, I'm allowed to be mad about it, but I'm not allowed to be like, you know, it's that just mad a about weird it. Thing. And, and when you're telling a doctor, no, I don't eat a lot of food. I exercise. I do all of this stuff. And they're just like, I think in the back of their mind, they're going, okay. So they give you like a blood sugar test and they give you a thyroid test and both those things come back normal. And they're like, exercise more, eat less. And you're just like, whatever. So anyway, I've been going through this since I was in like middle school. Like my mom would take me for thyroid tests pretty much annually mm-hmm. and they always come back normal. And so finally, like a couple years ago, a doctor checked my insulin level and she's like, your insulin level is insanely high. So if you have super high insulin, your body can't, it, your body won't lose weight. Like it no. can't, it can't scientifically can't so anyway I had an answer for that so that was great and then but my um like my liver enzymes have been high for since before Dirk was born and they always it's always like oh you just probably have fatty liver you just need to lose weight blah 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 okay cool and then the the past like two years when I started seeing the endocrinologist for the insulin stuff she's like you've got a bunch of liver stuff that's off. Like, um, and I don't know the names of this crap cause it's all confusing, but she's like, let's keep an eye on this. 
And every time I would go back, she's like, yeah, it's still high. Let's add this test to it. And like, they were checking me for like, I can't think of what it's called, Raynaud's syndrome or something, but it's something mm. where your bone grows extra and can throw off some counts and blah, blah, blah. Wasn't that. And then I started getting really sick to my stomach, like more than I normally, cause I do anyway, but it was like yeah. really bad. And she's like, at my last appointment with her, she's like, well, if you're sure, if your levels are still high next time, I want you to go see a gastroenterologist and let them take it from there. Well, I felt horrendously bad. So I did my appointment on my own because I already had had seen a doctor back when I had my gallbladder taken out, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So they're like, well, you probably just have fatty liver, but let's go get you an ultrasound on your liver and we'll do a fibro scan on your liver. And so I went and got the ultrasound and they're like, okay, well, you, you don't have fatty liver disease. So the there's, we need to figure out why your liver counts are so off. Then they did the fibro scan and they're like, you have very minimal scarring on your liver. So the test that they gave me, I could have, it, they came back really weird where it could have been um, autoimmune hepatitis, mm -hmm. primary biliary cholangitis, which ended up being what I have. But like the hepatitis thing is fucking scary. Like, yeah, that's don't I, first of all never look up survival rates on anything that you're diagnosed with because yeah. it's, it's not, abysmal it's abysmal it's not a smart thing to do but it was exceptionally bad with that autoimmune hepatitis yeah. and i'm still scared about it because like the doctor like my tests were weird to where i don't have it but it was off enough that they were kind of wondering if i had it and stuff yeah so anyway and then i had the um I had the biopsy on my liver, which was, yeah, you have this PBC thing. So now I go to a liver doctor and then they put me on some medicine and then I have to go back. Like I get, I get follow up blood work in June and then go back to the doctor in July to see if the medicine has fixed it. But it's just nice to have an answer for like why I feel like garbage all the time and like why I'm so tired. Cause I, I've always been like people, how far do I want to go into this? When you're an overweight person, people always assume you're lazy. You eat too much. You don't exercise. You just don't care. And you sit around and you, I've never been lazy, but because people put that in your head, like I can't do enough. If I sit down, then I'm lazy. Like that's the mentality yeah. I have. If I'm not achieving something, doing something, if I'm not like 115 pounds and have a clean house and have, books that are selling really well and I'm a loser, right? Like that's yeah. Yep. So anyway, I'm really the the medicine that they put me on, I feel a lot better. Like I don't have the bad stomach issues anymore. Um knock on wood. And <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I like he told me that the scarring on my liver was really minimal and that it should be repairable repairable yeah. so i'm hoping when i go back in july and i get the the fiber scan again it'll be well yeah because you're not out there like boozing and i don't know. drink ever no like, you're not you, you don't you don't it's you don't damage your liver no uh, whereas uh big pete right here is doing the damn thing but you know like it's that's not your vibe that's not what you do yeah. It's, it's not like you're doing anything to exacerbate the situation. Exactly. It's just 
it's one of those things, you know, and I know people who have hepatitis due to, you know, injecting narcotics and the like, mm-hmm. and I know people who've been cured of it. Yeah. Like their counts yeah. are so incredibly low. Someone very, very close to me in a genetic manner, one of my relatives, uh, it, you know, it's, it's always going to, the hepatitis is always going to be there, but there's a treatment out there that, you know, eradicates it. Yeah. And, and it's akin to uh, like a chemotherapy, but if they That's can help, really- if they can help junkies, why can't they help you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's scary though, because like if it, if like, I mean, the end result is you have to get a, a transplant, like, and some mm-hmm. people, I, I mean, the, the hepatitis one is super scary because it, it does, because it's autoimmune. So it, your, your liver just keeps attacking itself. Mm-hmm. And so it's fucked up, but like, yeah, it's scary. And I don't know, like, I try to balance between knowing enough about it to not be freaked out and knowing too much about it to freak out. So it's, it's yeah. really hard. Like, and it's a, it's kind of like nobody really, like, it's kind of rare. So like, not in, like your best friend don't have it or like their aunt doesn't have it or whatever. So it's like kind of hard to like get practical information on it. And I'm such a still like deer in headlights. Like, I don't understand what's going on. So when I was at the doctor last time and it was the first time I ever saw him and he's kind of like telling me what he thinks the diagnosis is and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I don't have any questions because my mind is just like, I don't understand what's happening to me right now. Right. You know? So. And then if you. Probably have a list. And if you WebMD it, you're going to fall into it. Oh, you're fucked. That's such a rabbit hole. I mean, I've, I've diagnosed myself with legitimately everything at this point. You know, I've, I've definitely had leukemia. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I did find a group on uh, Facebook of, of people that have it. And that's been super helpful because even like random stuff, like trouble swallowing, like how would you even associate that with your liver? One wouldn't. I mean, to to me, if anything, like I used to, I went through about where I had trouble swallowing and it was not when I was drinking or eating, just, just if I had like a lot of spittle in, in my throat and yeah. that, it, that was a neurological thing with me. Yeah. But you would think that's neurological, would you not? Not uh, not to do with the uh, or an organ or something. But you wouldn't. Yeah. And like stuff like um, like like weak like weakness in your arms and stuff. Like your arms feel like they weigh. And I can remember like there. It's been a while now, quite a while actually. But I remember calling. I was sitting here working one day, and my arms felt like they were sort of numb. And my legs yeah. kind of felt like that. And like, I thought I was having a stroke or something. And I called Mike and I'm like, I need to go to the emergency room. I think like I felt weird and like my arms were like dead weights and blah, blah, blah. It was probably this stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah. More than likely. They were just like, oh, you're dehydrated. They gave me, you know, cause all my blood counts that they ran, cause they don't run like a full everything. No. They're like, your blood counts are a little, you're, are fine, but you, you know, you're dehydrated. I'm like, yeah, I live in Arizona. (laughs) Especially now you guys are getting pummeled. It's getting hot again. Yeah. 
meanwhile, it's April and I'm getting snowstorms every other week. Oh my God. It was snowing, what, two days ago here in yeah. good old Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pen Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i you know as i say that i miss that like oh i wish that was and then i'm like if i realistically if i lived up there i'd be like fuck this but i hate the heat too like i i don't know i don't i belong in scotland or something i don't know you know i i realized the first time i went to ireland that you know i'm i'm genetically mostly irish mm. you know and i i definitely belong in ireland it doesn't get that cold and but it never gets hot and it rains about 80% of the time. And everybody's drinking beer most of the time. It's, it's wow, Pete, you're home. <laughs> yeah, according to Ancestry, I'm uh, mostly Scottish, so. It's the same thing. I, I'm a Scots-Irishman. It's the same shit. It is. We're just white mutts, that's all. <laughs> white mutts, yeah. What am I? I'm Norwegian, Swedish, Irish, Polish, Romanian, and Jewish. Okay. Jew Jewish from Poland. Mm. So um, Ashkenazi Jew. Like one one percent. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like I'm all just like I don't know. German, Irish, English. A yeah. little bit of Viking in there. Oh. Yeah. I had more Viking than I thought when I did my ancestry because there's Norwegian and Swedish in there. Yeah, and you, sh you you tell me I'm even that much Swedish, and I think of the Muppets show and this <laughs> pork pork pork. Yeah, I, I get real excited about that. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. I'm I in don't the kitchen know. talking to myself. <laughs> it's just it is interesting because like you know we watch a lot of uh, obviously we watch a lot of TV shows. Mm -hmm. Thing to even say. But um, like when I see certain like and I follow certain Instagram profiles with like uh like Scottish stuff and landscapes. I like a lot of landscapes. There's a bunch of um, really nice profiles that post like French countrysides and like you know all this stuff. But I tend to feel like like oh I could just crawl into that picture and be home you know but it's really not that different from northeast Ohio where I grew up so maybe that's part of it too is that it looks literally like you know Cuyahoga Valley National Forest or whatever but I don't know well you got in Ohio you guys didn't have like a mountainous region really though that's kind of flat is it not no, Northeast Ohio. I mean, I wouldn't call it mountains, but it, it Northeast Ohio is not flat. Okay, so that's more like Pennsylvania, like the Appalachian yeah. Trail, the the rolling yeah. hills, and like you know, the last of the Mohicans. Yeah, that's what it looks like in Northeast Ohio. That sounds like here. Yeah, it's very like foresty and like rolling hills, and you know, junk. It's pretty. The it's, rest of Ohio is flat as fuck, but Northeast yeah. Ohio is, is nice. Legitimately, my impression of Ohio, uh, the first few times I'd been there traveling, uh, the second you get out of the general Pittsburgh area is, why is everything so flat? Hmm. Like, it's just flat. Very boring. Well, so, I, I guess you're from that part of Ohio where it's kind of like New York, Pennsylvania, Appalachia. 
Kind of. Yeah, kind of. So when you're leaving Pittsburgh, you come through Youngstown. Mm-hmm. Youngstown is pretty flat, but like once you get a little closer to the Cleveland area, it gets more hilly. And I, it's definitely not mountains. It's not like it's not like Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh sort of reminds me of San Francisco, actually. Yeah, it does. It's very, you know, a lot of steep hills, and of course, my family's all from West Virginia, so that's what it's what it is down there too. But anyway, what are these tangents? I I don't know. I don't know. We we even if we had a point, we would digress from it pretty quickly. <laughs> Good thing we don't have an agenda. No, no. I, I think having an agenda at this point would be just farcical. <laughs> yeah, who cares? I like to just have a free-flowing conversation. That's why I'm always like, whenever people I don't really know that well come on, I'm like, I'm literally not doing any research. We're just going to yeah. have a conversation like we're two basic strangers meeting in a club somewhere. That's, I, I've legitimately predicated an entire year's worth of podcasts on just that yeah you know i want to get uh, to know the person not like a, a list of statistics that they've achieved in their life you know what i mean if it comes up naturally yeah. of course but yeah but um, like i i don't want to like sit and talk to someone like i'm reading off the back of their baseball card right like a like, wiki yeah like hey raleigh fingers your your era is this and you know yeah. Look, come on. You know what drives me absolutely nuts is like, I, I'm sure this probably happens to you too, but like some new person will send you a friend request, you accept it. They immediately come into your inbox and they're like, hey, and you're like, hi. And they're like, how are you? And you're like, I'm okay. How about you? And they're like, good. And they're like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm not going for a job interview and I'm not going to explain to you everything about myself in these one sentence fucking blurbs. Yeah. Get to know me like a normal human being by interacting on my posts. Talk to me like a person, not like you're interviewing me for like second shift at McDonald's. Like (laughs) that is so boring and banal. Like who wants to have that conversation? It's very HR of people. It like, is. <laughs> yeah. not, first of all, why are you so interested in where I'm from? That yeah. always puts a red flag up to me. Like you're trying to scam me out of something. Yeah. And then some, okay. So some person the other day on Instagram, <laughs> oh my God. So on one of my posts, they posted, they posted me, DM me and tell me something about yourself. And I'm like, no. <laughs> And they're like, and I, and I, I was, and I was in a mood that I'm like, okay, I'll play along a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like, why? And they're like, I just want to know something about you. And I'm like, but why? And they're like, well, just, I want to just talk to him. Like, so you, you message me. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's not working. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. If it's not working for you, if I send you a message, it's not going to work. Yeah. So anyway, somehow I accidentally replied that comment directly to their inbox instead of on the post. And so the person starts writing to me and they're like, just the same banal stuff, like, where are you from, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm from Ohio. Yeah. That's not where I live. And then, you know, then they started doing this thing of like, 
leave me a voicemail and tell me something about yourself. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and they're like, I just want you to leave me a voicemail and tell me something about yourself. I'm like, but why? And then they started leaving me voicemails, just like saying like, oh, tell me about, you know, tell me something about yourself, blah, blah, blah. Do you, do you only speak one language? And I'm like, these are questions that are fishing questions. Like, I'm not stupid. Like I take a lot of IT classes at work. You're mm -hmm. clearly fishing, trying to get my voice so you can use my voice to like hack something. Yeah. You know, those voice recognition things where you can unlock your pet, your pet, like, yeah. So anyway, I'm like, continue to fuck around with this person briefly. And um, I'm just like, first of all, if you really want to hear my voice, there's fucking hundreds of hours worth of recordings of my voice that you can easily go listen to on YouTube, on records. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, you're clearly trying to hack, like do, this is some kind of fishing technique going on. Anyways, I blocked the dude, but yeah. <laughs> like, what do you take me for? I, this is, and it's, it's kind of sad that that is the uh, norm pretty much with, know. you know, social human interaction in the digital age. I, I, I don't want to sound like this, you know, pushing 50 Luddite, but I am a pushing 50 Luddite and I don't want to, you know, base my human interactions on, on these really ridiculous yeah. exchanges. Like, like if you want to talk to me, come at me like a human being, like a, a yeah. conversation, not like, and, and you know, what's it's, it's insulting about it is that the burden of the conversation falls on you. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not giving you anything to go off of. So mm -hmm. you have to come up with this witty conversation. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Prequel, prequel to my wife, you know, there was a, a, a very long stretch where I'd stayed away from Facebook and the like. I only got on Facebook legitimately 10 years ago. Mm. And, and that's being pretty liberal. It's probably maybe more like nine. But uh, I got on, gotten onto Facebook and it was uh, a skin trade. And I didn't realize that. So I, I pop up on there and within 45 minutes, I had gotten three different women just trying to get me to hook up. That's so weird. I didn't realize that th that was the thrust on, on social media at that oh, time. Yeah. You know, I thought that you went to, you know, fetlife.com or something to find these people who right? wanted you to pee on them. But that's what I was starting to get. And, you know, my first foray onto Facebook lasted three days and I deleted it. And then I went back to it when I started playing in a band again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is like a lot, like a lot of my female friends get like people sending them like dick pics or whatever all the time. Yeah. That's only happened to me like twice in all of these years that I've been on the internet, which, you know, started a long time ago, pretty much. I mean, it's been a long time now. Mm -hmm. And like at one point on MySpace, I had like 250,000 friends on my list. Mm -hmm. Nobody once, not once on MySpace ever sent me anything inappropriate like that. And it's yeah. only happened, I think, twice, like once on Instagram 
and once on Facebook. And so I don't know if I give off, don't do that to me by. <laughs> well, I think, well, first, first and foremost, anyone who knows anything about you knows that you're in Lycia and you're married to Mike. So do people care? Like, I don't know that random, cause it's usually, it's never people that, you know, really it's like some random, maybe, I don't know. I thought it was random people that generally did that, not people you actually know. Yeah, but like, yeah, but people don't have to know you to know you're in Lycia. So, I mean, you start to put two and two together with that. People are going to pretty soon figure out what the situation is there. So I, I think that kind of takes the teeth out of any sort of come on. But in the same token, MySpace was geared towards musicians so i don't think there was a whole lot of come-ons and skin trading going on on myspace maybe that, that was more like the do you remember friendster yes i do friendster was more like where you went to go and get laid on a tuesday really? night yeah oh, yeah i wasn't on friendster but a lot of my friends I was were on friendster. i i, I never I was I was way late to the party. I went from I went from the uh, AOL uh, chat rooms to yeah. to nothingness, and then to Facebook. I was on MySpace briefly, but that that was like a dummy profile just so I could like see what was going on in music again because I dropped out for so long. But I don't know. I, I think. I think that I think that uh, even Facebook got past that whole skin trade vibe that was going on at that time when I'd first been brave enough to go back on, you know. But it's it's hilarious, like that that it's works hilarious. for people. Are for, so I, I get the weird, just random people that are like, "Hey, hi, how are you?" Like, not so much. I mean, I think they're trying to lead it to the pervert stuff, but I cut yeah. it off cut it off before it because that shit bores me yeah but um yeah I, I our first foray into the internet was talk city do you remember um web tv yeah was it called talk city i think it was talk, talk city yeah but it was web tv and we got web tv and i remember <laughs> this shows my mentality the very first <laughs> web search i ever did was the word poop. Because <laughs> I'm a very deep person full of a lot of just important thoughts going on in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suffice to say, that was not a smart first choice. <laughs> so you, you found a few German Scheiser films, okay. <laughs> Oh my god no it was a lot of um people pooping on like glass tables i remember oh plating like, i remember plating that was a thing yeah suffice to say i had no idea that existed being little country mouse tara from manaway ohio but um you know a girl learns real quick I found out about that from uh, the drummer of a very famous straight edge hardcore band. 
He came to one of our parties back in the late 90s. And suffice it to say, most of us were in varying degrees of intoxication on whatever (laughs) substance was handy. And he turned to me and he's like, hey, Pete, you ever get a plate job? I said, I don't know what that is, but please expound upon this. Sure. And uh, it it had to do with a glass coffee table and lying beneath it as the receiver of the plate job, whereas the, the, the giver is above it defecating onto the glass. And he just extolled the virtues of this while I laughed at him. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't that know. I sounds fucking, that sounds disgusting. I, I mean. I don't want that. I, I, there's kink in me. Spot. There's kink in me, yes. That, own, but that's not, that's not my kink, you know? I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just parochial in my tastes but that was too much for my poor little heart to bear i've got a lot of midwestern repression mm. you know yeah sex in midwest protestant school marm i don't know i don't know what i'm saying no i have the I'm same vanilla <laughs> i'm i'm less vanilla but i i still have my east coast catholic yeah, the guilt thing. The guilt thing. And, you know, like, you, you don't do that to someone you're going to want to kiss on the lips in the morning kind of thing. And <laughs> You know, here's the thing. I'm all for people just doing whatever they want and being happy. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Do what you do and don't hurt nobody. And I don't, I really, really don't care. I really don't care. I think I'm just old now and I just really don't care at all about anything at all i think no i think the only thing i'm celebrating right now within that sphere is the the freedom with which people who are non-cisgendered are allowed to express themselves in a very open and and loud and proud way i mean it's not just it's not just gay or straight anymore yeah and you know i i had specifically one person in my life precursor to this entire explosion who was transgender yeah and and she at that time didn't really have a community yeah in in which to thrive now she does now it's it's a thing and it and it's it's an important thing yeah i think i think that's wonderful I'm, i just want I'm, people to be happy i and i think that's what it boils down to whether or not i'm batting for that team doesn't sure. matter what it comes down to is, is is whether or not human beings are enjoying themselves and living a free and unfettered life without yep. you know the, the without fear, wanting uh, to kill themselves every day with, exactly without fear of reprisal on any yep. side you know and the, i think that's the most important part so if you're kinky we're not talking shit on you that's right we're Dude. just not, we're just not that kinky <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, I feel like i just I'm more interested in like escapism through daydreaming up stories and, you know, thinking about alien life forms and alternate dimensions. Like that's my thing. Like, yeah, that's my thing. Like I couldn't care less about 
sex and all i mean whatever it's whatever i'm more interested in escapism like that creativity and um i don't know that's more interesting to me personally sure but i mean uh, you can inject that into sex but the the, the <laughs> you could you could but the fact of the matter is is like there's kind of like a place for all of it within within the greater sphere of, of uh, human life but yeah i mean like to be stimulated in a creative and intellectual manner is as erogenous as anything else i think is oh, kind of like the point you know because there's you know parts is parts we all have them yeah right exactly what are the two the other <laughs> But if, 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 you know, the, the, the pineal gland isn't tingling as well, then you're really just pissing into the wind. Well, isn't there a saying like your brain is the biggest sex organ or something like that? It absolutely is. The imagination is the most erogenous of zones. And that's why we have David Lynch. That's why we have David Cronenberg. That's what, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I, I was going to say something that I'm like, that would have sounded weird. Something about vampire films, but it didn't. Well, vampire films are inherently sexual. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's the, the, the feeding of energy through penetrating, penetrating, you know what I mean? The, 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 it's inherently sexual. It's, it's ubiquitous in its allusions to sex. Yeah. And don't even like talk about Batman. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey, now we have a vampire Batman. <laughs> now we have a vampire Batman. And and let me tell you, I've never seen a Batman film so close, so close to the movie Taxi Driver. Yeah. As this one. I mean, it's so well. Oh my God. And you know, you know, we had the discussion and you called me on it. I, I was shitting on it, like oh, Robert Pattinson, he twinkled in the sunlight as a vampire. Yeah. Like that, that movie's not even for you, dickweed. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. Yeah, you're you're kind of right. Yeah, okay. I, I'll take that one on the chin. But yeah, boy, did he he really fucking so nailed good. that. He fucking nailed that. Everybody. I mean, first of all, there wasn't a bad actor in that. I mean, they're all no, no, they're all fantastic. But like the writing was so good, and like there's these subtle, this subtle stuff that like Robert Pattinson does with his eyes, and like. That's one of the things, cause like I follow a lot of DC profiles and, and junk like that. And like, that was one of the things that a lot of people talked about is like usually Batman, when he's got his mask off, you can't really read emotion. Like he's pissed, whatever. But yeah. like just the way Robert Pattinson uses his eyes to act, mm -hmm. like so much is like nonverbal, but you're really getting it, you know? But I don't know. I just thought it was super. Like I, I'm bummed. I haven't watched it again. Um, I've, I've watched it five times. Oh my gosh! Listen, I saw I saw it once in the theater, and since it hit HBO, it's it's been on. Okay, yeah. it's just you like I'm fucking around at work watching it. I'm like for a million different reasons too. I, I mean, the music it, was fantastic. <sighs> everything about it the cinematography was brilliant i mean that whole scene with the car crash with the penguin when everything's upside oh down my God. everything about it was 
and, and Zoe Kravitz. I mean, she's hmm. so good. Oh, so when you that that scene, the the car chase scene, mm-hmm. I don't think I breathed. That I mean, like my eyes nope. were huge and like just like gripping the seat, like watching it, and like I had such a fangirl thing, like. Penguin thinks he's safe. He thinks that he got him. Mm-hmm. And then you see the car come through those flames. And then he gets out and is walking towards him. And there's the flames in the background. And like it's upside down. So he's like literally oh, a God, bat. So oh my God, it's so good. Like it like I wanted it's such a dork thing, but I wanted to just like fist pump and like <laughs> such a dork. It, it, real no, really, really. So because good. If you want to get down to like, and anybody who wants to argue me on this, fine. But this was the only performance in the last 30 some years of Batman that rivaled and at some points beat Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale, Batman. Because yeah, I think Chris- he's better. And I love I first let me start by saying I literally love all of it. Yeah. Degrees. My favorite prior to I mean, it's really hard because I actually really like Ben Affleck as Batman. I think so he, do physically, I. he physically looks good. He just the way he looks in the suit, he's handsome. huge. First handsome of all, as fuck. Handsome as fuck. Like he, he just beautiful he's so, man. Like, suave and like mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah. um I so I like them all. Yeah. But like Robert Pattinson has this like and I think because he's younger, maybe. No. Because he's only like year two, he's only like year two Batman. So he's still baby yeah. Batman. Like he's not he hasn't he, even figured out who he is yet. You know, he's he, he's the most affected and Christian yeah. ba- Christian Bale did a good job of being a an affected and tortured Batman. Yeah. Robert Pattinson embodies the raw nerve at the center of the psyche of Bruce Wayne slash Batman, like no one has ever done, because yeah. he is he. It's still fresh. Yeah. Know, because yeah. he is he so is cool. your Batman year two. You know he's still. You know he's he's still finding his footing, and and you know? oh, I thought it was brilliant, like that at the beginning of the film when you just hear his footsteps and like mm-hmm. nobody knows where he is, like oh, and and like just the fear of him potentially showing up is enough to put people like they see the bat symbol and they're like, is he coming after me? I better yeah. quit. What? But that was super cool. But I think one of the reasons why I like Batfleck so much too is because he's old and grizzled and just like don't give a fuck no more. Yeah. He's like smashing people's heads. But like one of my favorite freaking scenes is that scene where he goes to save those girls that are being kept as sex slaves. Mm-hmm. And they're just as scared of him as the cops are and, and yeah. as the guy he's coming after. And there's that one scene where the cops are walking under like walking down a hall and you can see him in the back corner up at the ceiling. It's like straight out of a horror film. It's, it's straight vampire shit. Oh my God. That That's was straight like, vampire that, shit. That gives me wood, dude. We talked yeah, about, yeah. We're talking about kink that like, give me a good superhero movie. I'm like, God, it's so good. 
Well, let's let's get down to this too. Um, the re another big reason why this Batman really affected me more so than any other was the interplay between Alfred and yeah. Bruce Wayne in this because it's it was it's, different. It's different because it was before he realized or before he internalized mm -hmm. the fact that Alfred is dad. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and this is the first time that his parents were flawed before, mm -hmm. before that every, every visage of, of the Waynes was stately yep. and, 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 you know, squeaky clean, no smut on their nose. Yep. This, this time around, they're just as fucked up as everyone else yeah. in high society within yeah. the context of Gotham's elite. Yeah. Who, and that has a with his mind. Yeah. Because most, most of which, as far as Gotham's elite were concerned in, in this story, you know, everybody's somehow tied to Carmine Falcone. Sure. Didn't happen in the other ones this time around the Waynes are just as intrinsically tied into the Falcone mafia family as anyone else. Yeah. Still, there's still a valiant effort involved there because dad was covering up for mom's mental illnesses, right. whatever. Like, they weren't, they were corrupt, but like begrudgingly corrupt. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Just as Batman is begrudgingly corrupt. Right. Because oh my god though how about that scene too at the end uh, spoiler alert mm. towards the end when he's talking to the riddler yeah and he keeps going bruce wayne yeah yeah and you can see the look in his face like does this guy know who i am like am i gonna have to kill this motherfucker like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like is the jig up mm -hmm. and, and it's oh, it's legit it's really like the ubiquitous Arkham Asylum scene. I've never seen Arkham painted in such a stark light. Like it's always gothic. It's always, yeah. God, you know, it's like, so good. oh man, like people are going to remember this one 20 years from now and be like, yeah, we were kind of wrong about that because people yeah, are pissing. They need to eat their words on Pattinson too, because I did. I can't, I have to tell you, this was, this kind of gets on my nerves. Like people are like, oh, he's not big. He's not big. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's bigger than Christian Bale. Yeah. He's bigger than Michael Keaton. He's bigger. I mean, not big. What? Like I literally pulled up a side-by-side -side of Christian Bale shirtless as Batman and Pattinson shirtless as Batman. I'm like, look, they're the exact same. Yeah. Except for that Pattinson's like several inches taller than him. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Oh, he's like this skinny little guy. I'm like, no, he's not. What are you? He's fucking shredded. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I think people don't want to let him be anything but Edward Cullen. And I'm like, have you seen his other movies? Like, well, they never. Uh, here's the thing: these are people who had never seen uh, Cosmopolis, which is David Cronenberg. Did you see it yet? No. Oh, Tara, Cosmopolis no. is. That's that's. It's like watching a poem. Uh, and Cronenberg, you know, he's the ultimate body horror. You know, he made Videodrome. He made The Brood. He made Scanners. You know, he made a lot of really fucked up horror movies. But then on in his second act, you know, um, Eastern violence into uh, history of violence. Mm -hmm. that, that was the two banger with Viggo Mortensen. 
And then right after those two, he did this movie, Cosmopolis. And most of it takes place in the back of a limousine. And Robert Pattinson plays this captain of industry who runs like a, a tech company. And he's somehow lost his soul along the way. And the entirety of this movie is, you know, the breakdown of how a human being loses their humanity to their lust for money. Yeah. And to, he, he pulled it off in a way that was very human to the point where he's a terrible person and you're still empathizing with him because yeah. he didn't create the game. He just became a part of it and mastered it. Yeah. And you feel bad for him because he, he's just mastering a world that he didn't choose. You know, he's just learning to play the game in the best way possible. Right. So you kind of can't blame him for being a son of a bitch. I'll have to check that one out. I mean, it like legit, I think the only movies I've seen him in are the Twilight movies because I'm that bitch and I will stay mm -hmm. that. And, <laughs> uh, and Batman and The Lighthouse, which we watched. Mike watched The Lighthouse. I think I was doing... What was I doing? I might have been doing a, another podcast or something. So he watched The Lighthouse by himself. No, I, he watched it during the day. That's right. And he's like, you got to watch this movie, dude. So he watched it again um, with me later that day. And I'm just like, I don't even know what to feel about this. But holy <laughs> hell. And first of all, it's visually stunning. Gorgeous movie. But the acting is, I mean. Look at who's in it. The fact that, I mean, just the accents alone. You're it, a, you're a wiki that that'll stick in my head forever. Yeah. You're a wiki. It's just so good. It's so beautiful. And like, okay. I, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like that movie, the witch, but I, I loved that. I mean, that's like one of those movies that was so. I got uncomfortable to me. I got that, this goat tattooed on my. My elbow that's black philip yeah that's why i got this tattoo i love the witch it was I think so beautiful and like it was so effective to me like the fact that there was no music what's like nothing yeah. and just the, like the muted colors and like and people didn't like the ending and i remember the ending going what the Fuck. That's the rug getting pulled right up. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? And then, oh my God. And then the witches are like ascending. And I'm like, people thought it was stupid. And I'm like, it's literally like folklore. That's exactly what that's people thought of witches. That's the <laughs> ultimate folk horror movie. I mean, that's yeah. right up there with The Wicker Man. Yeah. And, uh, oh God, Kill List is another incredible. Do you ever see Kill List? No, I don't know that one. You have to see this movie. Kill List will fuck your mind up. But as far as full core is concerned, in in my opinion, the ultimate trilogy of said genre would definitely be the original Wicker Man, uh -huh. Kill, Kill List, and The Witch. Okay. And that's that's really three eras of of incredible filmmaking, which the uh, Kill List and The Witch are closer by a long mm. shot because the wicker man's from the 70s i mean yeah sure we unless were... you want to watch the cage one. Oh god fuck that movie fuck you that movie 
but but I can't wait to see him as Nosferatu. Oh, I'm so stoked for it. But Nicolas Cage has had such a great third act. Yeah. No one no one can deny it. All the horror movies he's done thus far, be it the the Lovecraft film The Color Out of Space, which was brilliant, or and more importantly Mandy, which was a masterpiece. And I like that he doesn't take himself so damn seriously. He he doesn't, but he's so fucking good that he doesn't have to. Did you see Pig yet? No, but I want it's it's really hard for us to watch anything that's like weird like that because we have a 10-year-old in the house, but Pig's Pig's not that weird. And furthermore, I was reduced to tears by the movie Pig. Really? He, he should have gotten an Oscar for it. He got a lot of other accolades for pig that's kind of like responsible for why uh you know hollywood film houses are taking nicholas cage seriously again is because of this movie but pig it's it's such a simple plot he was he was a chef yeah he was he was a michelin rated chef nonetheless who dropped out of of the limelight because his significant other passed away and he just reverted into a more simplistic existence by buying a truffle pig. Yeah. And he and, he and his truffle pig hunt down truffles in Portland. Shout out soft kill. Um, always. And, always. And, you know, they're running around the, the woods of Portland finding truffles and he's making these gourmet quiche meals and stuff for he and his pig. Oh, he has this really deep and loving stolen, right? Yeah, and the pig gets stolen by a bunch of meth heads. And the the meat of the film is Nicolas Cage hunting down these people that stole this truffle pig. And it's such an emotional tour de force that you actually forget that he's hunting down a pig. It's 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 a very loving, very Aww. it's an emotionally affecting trip. It's a masterpiece. It's it's brilliant. It's another one of those movies that, I, in my opinion, will be there like it'll hang in the subconscious like yeah. Reservoir Dogs does or like not only the original Nosferatu, but almost as importantly, Werner Herzog's Nosferatu with uh, Klaus Kinski and Isabella yeah. Johnny in the 70s, which is gorgeous. And, you know, Mike and I, I had never seen that before. I know, whatever. But we just watched it. I mean, God, it's probably been a couple years now, but that is such a beautiful film. Like, it's so pretty. It's so emotionally jarring to yeah. watch because Werner Herzog, uh, the guy's a genius. There's no question. No other director in, in mainstream filmmaking has has taken both the documentary form and, and you know, the, the, the regular cinematic form and and juggled them so seamlessly i mean he went from making documentaries about like that guy who was mauled by grizzlies yeah 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 to oh. making like nickel to directing nicholas cage in the the unheralded and equally amazing sequel uh bad lieutenant port of call new orleans most people haven't even seen this movie i've never heard of it <laughs> did you ever see the original bad lieutenant with harvey keitel no early 90s psychosis like 
Harvey Keitel is this this police lieutenant that's an awful person, but a nun gets raped and it just affects him in this really deep way. Uh -huh. um, and and he goes on this almost vigilante rampage trying to find the person who raped this nun. But this is the sequel to it that has nothing to do with the original. But Nicolas Cage is this drug-addled detect homicide detective in New Orleans. Amazing to watch. But there's like legitimately, where are you going to find a director who's going to go from making a documentary about this guy who was mauled by grizzlies in real life to making a movie like that? Right. It's it's kind of incredible. And I, I, I know I'm just, I go off on tangents. I apologize. You don't need to apologize. I'm like tangent queen. What are you talking about? We started off talking about boobs being smashed. What the hell? I, I still don't think women's boobs should be smashed. It's just... <laughs> No boob smashing in 2023. <laughs> Not a good feeling. Oh, oh my God. Um, no, but I'm looking forward to this Nosferatu with, uh, I cannot for the life of me think of the director's name right now. But, I can't uh, either, but it, the, the title of the film is Renfield because it, it's no, centered. No, 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 not that one. Not that one. Actual Nosferatu, the guy that did Lighthouse and The Witch and oh that that got killed with uh, willem dafoe that that got killed no it's back it's back yeah well, this, this is the second time willem dafoe played uh max shrek slash nosferatu because uh what was it the um oh my god something of the vampire yeah i did see is it kiss it well, no that's no 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 that's nicholas cage <laughs> what the that's hell nicholas cage Oh my God, I, I'm I'm gonna have to look it up, but it presupposes that Max Shrek, who played uh, Nosferatu, the Nosferatu in the original silent film, was actually a vampire. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that movie a long time ago. And 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 Murnau was played by uh, a, a younger Carrie Elways. <laughs> He's like, why didn't you just eat the script, girl? I'll eat her later. <laughs> You know, my, my problem is that I have like no memory. And actually I did find out that that part of that is this liver thing, weirdly enough. Really? But, uh, so like I can watch a movie and then almost forget everything about it. And so every time I watch it, it's like awesome again. <laughs> you are so lucky because listen, I, as you can tell, I have an almost photographic memory when it comes to films that I really enjoy. Yeah, I envy that. Like, I, I actually really envy people that can keep information, like, forefront in their... Like, you, like I can't tell you song titles and people's names and band names. I, I can't remember. I've, I don't know what my problem is, but... So I'm super jealous of people who can, like, retain everything and, like, keep it like, a, like an encyclopedia because I just... I don't have that. And I always, I always like, get oh i'm just stupid i'm like i can't help it it's not, it's not like i choose to forget information you don't just, think that kind of strips the magic out of it though to have retained so much that there are no surprises with a, a return viewing yeah but i wish i could re like oh i love this one book i can't remember you know what i mean like i would like to be able to remember like <laughs> the title <laughs> and the author that wrote it like i, don't, I yeah. can't but yeah i mean i get you know it's good and bad 
because I remember producers. I remember like ridiculous stuff. I wish I could do that. Like it's every, so sm- I can tell you every month of every year that every single by the band the Smiths came out. I could in order, legitimately. That's, That's ridiculous. Like I couldn't, I couldn't go through my own discography and do that. Oh, I could. I know I, you could. I could I rattle could. it right off. I'm horrible, and it's not because I don't care. I just can't. I can't do it. I don't know. If you told me right now. Write the names of the songs on your last solo album. And that's like, so there's no excuse. I wrote every song. Yeah. I couldn't. And it, like I said, it's not because I don't care. I don't know if my brain just goes, okay, we're done with this right now. Let's set it aside and move on to the next thing. It's because it's been too long since you've had a solo album. I'm just putting that out there. Well, it's going to be a lot longer. Oh, God, come on. Uh, I was just talking to Mike about that the other day. I'm like, my music is so fucking weird. Like, if I could go back, like, if 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 I could go back, I would probably cut the length of those songs in half, at least. Some of them probably. Oh, probably. they were so meditative. That's what I like. That's what <laughs> I liked about it. There was there was like you could get into it, and there was a there was space to breathe. Well, that's it's what the- I liked about it at the time. But now, in retrospect, I'm like. Did Naked King really need to be like an hour and a half long? Well, but let's let's face facts. It it was meditative in 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 its entire oeuvre. You know that that's what it was. It was exactly what it was supposed to be when it happened. And I will oh, fight you sure. on that. That's for sure. I mean, I did what I felt was right at the time for sure. But now I'm like, bro, no one's yeah, listening. Song for eight and a half minutes or however long. <laughs> I don't even know how long it is. Like, no one wants to listen to that for your hour and a half. Yeah, but Tor, you're you're not writing like Tori Amos two and a half minute pop songs either. Yes. That it's not what it was. It was more in line with uh, Diamond de Galas. Like the, the, it had that kind of you, you know sweeping epic. You know, the, yeah. it, it, there was almost a Led Zeppelin of it all. And I've told you that before. There's a very Led Zeppelin aspect to those solo albums, just in the, the Eastern vibes and, and you know, the, the fact that you, you, ha- you were willing to experiment and you allowed yourself to that space to kind of explore. Very Led Zeppelin-esque. And yeah. I know, I know you don't see that. I've mentioned it to you before and you didn't see it the last time either, but I definitely feel it. For me, it's just a lack of any kind of, I don't want to say talent. That's not the right word. I, I think it comes from a naive place because I don't have any like formal training or. That's the so punk rock kind of, of it all. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, I agree. I don't, it, but like, I don't, I hesitate to call myself a musician because I feel like I'm, more of a i don't know what to call it sound songwriter sound artist i don't song writer i guess songwriter which makes you a musician i guess yes do you think i must i'm a musician no no i scream and i yell and i caterwaul that's what i do jealous of people that can like pick up an instrument and just fucking play 
I'm just I'm not that person, but it is what no, it is. Nor am I. That's not what I am either. I'm I'm an accompaniment, but yeah, you know. I'm an instrument. I'm an instrument. I feel like I feel like within like with Lycia, I'm just another instrument in the in the wash of instrument like I, I i believe i really think that and i don't the, think that's a, that i don't say that in a negative way i think yeah that, but the entire album astraya begs to differ just saying oh no astraya astraya if any lycia album is the Terra album it's astraya that's yeah i for sure i feel like that's the only one really no, everything thereafter is very affected by you, whether or not your presence is as at the fore. But that record, I mean, it was like a mission statement almost to me. Like, okay, this is this is the next phase. So that was definitely the case because I mean that was a weird time for us because when we like we went out and played all those those songs live before yeah. we, before we recorded them, so. And that was like a weird time because Mike wasn't singing anymore. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were like, what the fuck? But yeah, I don't know. You know, those shows, those shows, I booked one of them. Those shows were fantastic. That tour was fantastic. Oh, it was definitely, I mean, it was definitely fun, fun, fun. And I, but it, it bumps me out because I finally had gotten past any amount of apprehension about doing it. And then it was all over. But yeah. That's life, man. That's, I mean, uh, that's punk rock in at its core, though. I mean, you guys brought a full package on a, a shoestring in a very small vehicle. That's on a, 100% accurate. Uh, oh god on a on a very lengthy lengthy tour <laughs> yeah it's so funny because i see you know like of course soft kill just got back from their tour and stuff and i'm like god how nice it would be to be you know 15 years younger and to be able to go out and do all that and stuff and i mean i'm 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 jealous in a happy way like i'm yeah. not so like Ugh, i don't get to do it it's more like a dang man like that would have been so fun to be able to go out and i see oh my god who whose tour did i see the other day someone i can't think of who it was but somebody posted their itinerary and i was just like oh my god it was like every almost every single day for like months and i'm like do it, man. Do it while you can do it. Cause it doesn't yeah. last forever. You know, no, you burn out so fast. Well, and God, you don't know where your life is going to take you. Cause everyone, when you're doing it, you think this is it. This is life. This is what I'm going to be doing. And then fucking something hits you and then it's over. You know, you have to remember though, these people, and I'm not taking anything away from these younger bands. Um, they do it with, cell phones and with google maps that's true we did it with road atlases and oh pay gosh, phones. Yes. poor mike man driving the van reading the map because i can't fucking i'm like i sound like really dumb on paper <laughs> read a map he's a cartographer for christ's sake and he's like yeah show me i'm like i don't know where we're, i don't know 
<laughs> no, it's, it would be so easy. Just like, okay, the map's telling me where to go now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, it's just a bummer. You know, it's like, we've said it a thousand times. We're always either too early or too late. Like, it's just like all this equipment that exists now that would have just like fixed all of our problems back in the day, you know, yeah. and then, but you're too old to do, I mean, I don't, and it's not an age thing, but it's just a life thing. It's just too much. Well, I mean, I think we all as musicians reach a point where we recognize that yes, the, they have it all over us because technology's there and the world's there right now. Yeah. But in the same token, we were achieving what we did when we did it. And in the face of those odds. That's true. It's kind of amazing that we even survived it. I don't know if you know who Sylvain is, but I sang with um, her on the Ice On record. Yeah. She messaged me the other day. She's like, Tara, I'm going to be in Arizona if you can come down, like, that would be awesome. I'm like, okay, well, where are you playing and when? And of course it's like this Sunday. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get up literally at like three 30 every day. Like I can't. Yeah. And, but she's playing the Nile theater, which we played back in 94 or five or whatever. And I'm, I said to her, I'm like, oh yeah, we played there back in the nineties. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. <laughs> and she's like this young girl, you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it's such a like yeah we did that a long time ago <laughs> but it, it's this whole age thing is so weird like i just turned 50 a couple weeks ago yeah i never ever prior got like weird about turning ages because i'm just like whatever it's just another fucking day whatever yeah. 50 was weird for me and i think it was because of all the health stuff that just came up that's like real health stuff it's not just like hey you need to lose weight like it's like real health stuff it it's mortality yeah, yeah it, or like, at least it feels mortal right right and like i do math in my head of like okay i'm 50 dirk's 10 when i'm 60 he's this when you know i like do this scary math in my head and then mm -hmm. um all this stuff going on and then like i posted that meme thing that was like what's the first news story that you can remember yeah. and like I, I'm like, okay, the first news story I can remember is Elvis dying. Yeah. And, and I, you know, Mike and I were like, well, what's the first thing you remember? And his was like, um, I can't even remember what he told me now. Fuck. Probably the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> I think it was something earlier than that, even actually. But I, it was something like he, he was telling me like, yeah, I remember all the like death tolls up from the Vietnam War every night. And just like, anyways, all this stuff. And then, um. I'm reading through the comments on my post and like one kid's like when Kurt Cobain died and I'm like, fuck, I was like a full grown woman. Yeah, I was in college when that happened. Like, come on. And then another girl's like, Mike's like, someone's going to say 9-11. And sure enough, I'm like, oh, bless your sweet summer soul. Like you're, it just, how does it, and, and, and I'm sure you feel like this. Like yeah. I'm friends with a lot of really young people and I don't feel like I'm that much older, but I'm like, I could be your mother. But, but you're not. And that's it's the thing so that like, I get, I, I hasten to say this because my wife listens to everything I do, but like I get hit on by girls that are younger than my daughter and yeah, it, creepy, it, right? It, it blows my mind because 
like I feel so fatherly to like I'm not a creeper. Yeah. I feel very like exactly. paternal towards these right. girls, especially if they're subculture girls. Like, hey, I can probably save you a step in like right. or something, you know. Let me help you before you wreck it. <laughs> before go, something go goes on boys my age. <laughs> yeah, like number one, uh, do you see the fact that I don't have hair and can't grow it? This isn't a style choice. I'm just old as fuck. But you know, like I, I look at these these kids, and yes, I, I like the hip hop that they like still, and I like a lot of the stuff that they like. But at the end of the day, my first memory, or one of them, would have been Jimmy Carter leaving office. Yes, I remember they, that too. They don't remember who Jimmy Carter is. They don't even know who Jimmy Carter is. Or they, they know. As that Habitat for Humanity guy. Yeah. That yeah. Every once in a while, they write an article about, you know. Or the, or or they know his predecessor as the guy who talked about aliens in in a summit once, <laughs> when Reagan talked about the. Um, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. We yeah. actually just watched. What did we? We watched this documentary called Serious. Yeah, Serious is great. It was really good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they showed that in that. I'm like, oh my God, I totally had forgotten about that. Like people used to think Reagan was a total cuckoo bird because he Mm -hmm. talked about aliens and stuff back then. Yeah. He was prepping us. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what a lot of people think is like slowly let the information out. Well, I, I mean, we're at a point right now, Tara, where like the U.S. military, like the Air Force specifically, released videos and strangely enough because of tom DeLong from blink one i know that's hilarious like he's at the forefront of of ufo you know declassification and you know the air force is like listen here's here's the tic tac thing that we followed for umpteen hours it did things that literally just sent me that article about that today yeah. I mean, I already knew it because uh, that's one of the things we obsess over. But it's funny that you bring that up randomly because someone legit just sent me that link a couple hours ago. You know, and after this past few months when so many things have happened in that sphere, it, it, it's kind of amazing that we live in a time period where you're not looked at as a whack job for saying, Hey, listen, when I was such and such age, my mother and I, or my partner and I, or whomever you were with saw this happen. Right. You're no longer a conspiracy theory weirdo or a schizophrenic or what have you like people see this shit. Right. So what do you think about? um, Okay. So Dr. Stephen Greer, Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated by that whole thing where they sort of will like go out into the desert or wherever and like meditate and supposedly call these beings to them. So yeah. I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, I mean, they've got photographs and they've got video yeah, and, and whatever. And I think they aren't earnestly believe what they say on the other hand i'm like 
what if those aren't aliens and it's like demonic or like you know like some kind of other spiritual entity got you know under the guise of this loving that's that's where i get weirded out because i'm like i refuse to believe and i'm one million percent with you because i refuse to believe that there's anything altruistic with intelligence out there in the greater sphere of the universe there's going to be just like us your positive and negative forces so if like let like Stephen Greer is very interesting, but take him out of the equation for a minute and think of the uh, Secretary of Defense of Canada. Right. Like eight years ago, he came out uh, in uh, Parliament in Canada and spoke about his knowledge of legitimate flotillas of UFOs in Canadian airspace. And the fact that the Canadian military knew about not only one race of, of alien visitors, but several. Yeah. And, and began to name off these different yeah, yeah, civilizations. Yeah. Uh, some like most of which were not good at all. One or maybe two had good intentions. The rest were conquistadors in their way, or at the very least locust you know, here for our resources, here for this, here for that. that. And that to me makes more sense than some sort of, you know, messianic, uh, altruistic race coming to save us from ourselves. Maybe there is one, I'd buy even two. But in the greater sense of things, we know what the nature of living beings is. Most of them are going to be here for resources, for food, for a place to escape. My only, my only counter to that would be a couple things. One, if let's say, let's pretend we don't know about different races of aliens or whatever. Right. Yeah, these are just time travelers. That may, and I've I've thought of that as well, like interdimensional yeah. time travel. Oh, you know, or people coming from the future to fix things before they get, you know, whatever. Right. Or the other thing being like, well, if these people seeded the earth, then there it would be in their best interest to take care of us. If if yeah. if they were the ones that seeded this place to begin with but i mean i first of all it's all just theories there's no whatever you say is just as valid as the next theory right, right? because there's no way to know at this point in time what the hell's going no, on no no there's no, I, I think it's fascinating like mm-hmm. you know because we watch a lot of this stuff like we we got the gaia network Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so there's like so, so much fun. stuff on there. And I can't, again, because I don't have this capacity to remember things. There's this one story, there's not story, there's this one show we watch and um, one of the guys that was in Sirius is actually one of the hosts. But they bring different guests on and stuff and talk about it. And they there's a guy that comes on there. Um, I think he's Swedish. I think he was in this like high, high up in the Swedish military or something in government or something. 
but he talks about how there's like 10 known alien races and yeah. he goes into like detail and you're like on the surface when all these people are telling their stories on the surface you want to just go come on yeah but like, when you listen to them talk and there's so much detail and there's so much like deeply seated detail like call back to previous stuff. like there's no way you could keep that fucking story straight no with that much mythos behind yeah. every civilization i mean and, yeah, and yeah. also from like person to person with the same bits of knowledge that aren't connected and just like so it makes me go okay well clearly there's something to this um you know what i mean what what is it i don't know it is whatever it's fascinating yeah. it's and amazing it's it's fun to like, you know, think about stuff. And I'm like sitting here, God, with everything that's going on in our fucking world right now, between like war and people just being off their effing rocker, not <laughs> being able to like see the truth from fiction, you know, back from fiction and like believing just off the wall, crazy conspiracy. And I'm not talking alien, like aliens is sane compared yeah. to stuff people are i i watched i i think i posted it on instagram in my stories or whatever this woman talking about how that's not really joe biden that's jim carrey in a fucking mask and i'm like <laughs> and she believes it and i'm like we are doomed like doomed oh man and so i'm just like but peaceful loving aliens please yeah like fix it like fucking fix it like <laughs> whoever master of the universe <laughs> somebody f and fix this because it's it, it's so mental when you have like i was talking to somebody today about like people won't believe science anymore and they'll just be like yeah i don't believe that because they can't they keep changing it like yeah science changes yeah, I, that's learn. That's that's the point. That's the whole. God, it's so painful. I'm gonna and go check on. I got. I gotta go check on Kanan. I'll be right back. Give me go two seconds. It. Enjoy. Tell him I said hi. I will. <laughs> here we are. Here we are going off on aliens. But let me tell you, I don't believe that I have. I'm no, I'm not smart either. Like I'm just a person that doesn't know anything about anything. But fuck, trust the doctors. I mean, not all of them. Okay, I just contradicted myself. <sighs> Look how big my arm looks. <laughs> what is even this? See my new lights back there. <laughs> Just got those. What records does he have back there today? Can't see it on my glasses on. Oh, I'm getting new glasses tomorrow. I should be picking them up in the morning. I'm hoping that they're there. I can't tell what he's got back there because of my eyes. So how are y'all? Let's have a little tete-a-tete. -tete. Is that how it goes? Is that the word? Is that the phrase? Check out my hair. It's not good today. I had like all of the static that came up into my hair. 
came up into my hair. That doesn't even make sense. Let me tell you, my whole head is completely stuffed with allergy snot. My brain's not functioning very well, which is very impactful on a brain that already doesn't function very well. So anyway, how are you? God, dude, I was over here talking to myself and then I go, yeah. well, anyway, how are you? And then I heard <laughs> the squeaking sound, but it was your door, but it was the timing of it. I was like, uh, what was that? Well, what's, what's amazing about that is, uh, my sister, my youngest wow. sister, Samantha hits me up maybe like three weeks ago. And, you know, we grew up in a house that was haunted. You and I have spoken about that before. Yes she lives not too far away but far enough away from that particular home that it wouldn't make sense for that to cross pollinate but she hits me up she's like listen the basement door has been opening of its own volition often enough that it's concerning Ew. my my kids have been not only smelling burning things but smelling like weird things like flowers and vanilla and none of them will go near our basement. Ew. Now, the basement door is the door that's been opening and closing of its own volition. It just so happens that my late father, right before he passed away, uh, lived in that basement apartment. Now, her significant other believes that the entity responsible for this is my father as a believer in our lord and savior i don't believe that's my dad down there i believe it's something other so does my so does my sister so does the rest of my family so next week i'm going over there with cameras and audio equipment and i'm going to figure out what is going on in that basement and i know it's not dad oh my god that's so but scary I, I'm bringing holy water. I'm smudging myself. I'm going for it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so scary. You should make tinder. Yeah, I know. I I'm stoked. I'm stoked to be terrified though. Oh, uh, I can't. I can't do which it. Which is that the it's it doesn't kind of like get you going in any way, shape, or form to to face something like that. Here's the thing. I <sighs> I'm super interested in it, obviously, yeah. but I'm so afraid of cracking that door back open. Mm. I, can't, I, can't, I can't crack it back open. It's too like, I already have scary dreams every so often anyway, mm -hmm. that I know are more than just a scary dream. So to like even toy around stuff i just don't do it because as fascinating as i am as fascinated as i am by certain things it's not worth the risk to me to mentally open up something that was really hard to get out of in the first place right right so, but in the yeah. same token i think if you were to you know fully and 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 completely protect yourself in in a spiritual fashion by you know 
having your holy waters and smudging yourself and having tourmaline necklaces on and the I'm like. I'm not sure. I'm not sure entities give a fuck about a, 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 a any of that. That's stuff that we came up with. I'm not sure. True. True. So but... that's that's kind of where I stand on it. It's kind of like, okay, well, where's the handbook? Like, who told you that that's well, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, but I, I, my my take on that is if you have enough faith in whatever it is that you're using to arm yourself against it, that is just as powerful as anything that whatever other exists can dish out. I, I mean, human faith is a very deep spiritual faith, and it is a very powerful powerful weapon i agree so the depth, I, I agree the, the, yeah but i also feel like i'm still just a human and that's their world not mine and so how can i like really know because it, it's your world too we're just tethered to carbon you know that, that this is just this is just a vessel that drives the spirit I mean, and okay, that may sound very woo to people like, oh, you know, pizza weirdo. But in all actuality, we are creatures driven by electrical impulses that are directed by our consciousness. Therefore, we are electricity. Therefore, we can neither be created nor destroyed, only amplified and distributed. Right. And that's coming, that's coming from Ohm's Law, an electrician's handbook. So. Sure, 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 sure. I, I do yeah. believe. I mean, electricity goes someplace. It doesn't just cease to exist. But yeah. No, it goes directly into the earth. It goes into the earth and it communes with other energies. That's the truth of the matter. Where it goes from there, we couldn't know. But, you know, energy is, is forever. There is no... It, it, it just decimates into the earth itself. It doesn't die. It doesn't go away. It doesn't lose power. Therefore, you concentrate that energy in any direction, it's going to have an effect. So if I'm going to check out whatever's disturbing my sister's peace and I, I approach it uh, with a purity of, of heart, a purity of spirit with, with intent, I fully believe that I can be freaked out. It can scare me, but it, it can't do anything to me that's indelible. Yeah. And I, I mean, I obviously believe that too, because I believe, you know, obviously I'm a Christian or whatever. Yes. But like I stuff sticks with me too hard. Like I quit watching certain types of movies because I can't let it go. Yeah. And so if something really freaks me out it sticks with me and i'm just i don't think that's a good thing so i just don't go near it right I, I, I that's wise i'm interested but i don't actively get involved you know what i mean well the, that kind know, of goes back to my past of how i got out of it in the first place it was like such a weird thing it's such a weird experience and you know whoever I was talking to was like, promise me, don't do this again. And so I'm like, and, I took that to heart, man. 
<laughs> I, I and you know i find that to be very incredible that you know a spirit that was using that conduit which is a ouija board specifically to say right. to you don't please don't do this again it's very confusing to me like the whole that whole thing is very confusing to me to me to me it is it, it's proof that there is something benevolent on the other side if, sure. if anything because why would a deceptive negative force go out of its way to expend such energy to say to you promise me you're never going to do this again yeah it was so weird i agree i agree because like yeah that whole that whole situation was just very odd and like uh, you know i'll never i mean i'll never have an answer well maybe one day when i'm gone but yeah just it's just a very peculiar <laughs> peculiar experience i guess but i took that to heart and you know never went went back and that was even before i was a christian so yeah <clears throat> how know, late in, how late in life did you come to christianity exactly early i mean i was like what 21 or 22 i mean i was pretty young yeah and i wasn't anti-christianity or anything like that i just was uh, you know it was a it was always peripherally peripherally around yeah and i didn't have a negative connotation towards the religion itself or anything like that i was just more kind of whatever people believe they believe and there's you know take a piece of this, take a piece of that, take a piece of that, take a piece of that and do whatever with it. Um, but that whole experience was weird. And then when I met people later that kind of led me down the Christian path, it was mm -hmm. very, um, I couldn't deny what I felt in the things that happened. So whatever but it was uh yeah just a, i don't know just a weird but i don't tiptoe around that stuff because i ain't about to start going back and having that crap happening <laughs> you know and i'm i'm maybe this is a very masculine uh flawed masculine idea but i've always seen not only christianity as as a faith but as sort of like my sword Mm -hmm. and that I, I have no fear of such situations whereas having grown up in a home that was very psychically active in a very negative way mm -hmm. instilled a lot of terror in my young psyche whereas now I'm it, it's freaky in its way but I, I don't feel an existential or mortal terror tied to something that goes bump in the night specifically i I'm yeah, kinda, what happens to me with this is that i think could i go into that situation to be fine sure mm -hmm. i know i could but the you know the bible also says do not tempt the lord your god so don't throw yourself off a cliff if you don't gotta right right <laughs> so that's kind of, like could i yeah, but that, should I? <laughs> so for me, it's not something that I'm compelled to do. 
I'm super fascinated by it and I want to hear all your stories and I want to hear everybody else's stories and I want to talk about it and I'll, you know, but I, I want to be on the sidelines and I think there's a, there's a very big, uh, you know, baby sister, oldest brother kind of vibe to this too, where it's like, yeah, I, I, I march in with a defiance that says you don't screw with my, my, my people, you know, especially now my little sisters, like, you know, I'm going to have that tragically male flawed self-righteous uh power on my side where i'm just gonna march down like you're fucking with my sisters well i can see that though because it's an active situation yeah is directly related to you you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so yeah i mean i completely get that completely get that so we'll see how that pans out but you know it, it, it does it does remind me of the situation that we'd all sort of you know grown up in and and came of age in that is utterly terrifying you know which my sisters the the sister i'm speaking of my sister samantha is the only other sibling of mine that experienced my uh you know imaginary friend that's freaky bart you know like i'd seen him and experienced him and my sister closest to me in age did not, but Samantha, who is, we were all born a year apart, boom, 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 down the line. So it was myself, my sister, Mandy, then my sister, Samantha. We're speaking of my sister, Samantha. So, you know, she's only like, she was born in 79. I was born in 76, but her, uh, you know, she she experienced similar things to myself, with the exception of the fact that she'd also had experiences with the Blessed Mother, which is kind of amazing. <clears throat> yeah. But you would think that would protect her, but in, in this instance, it is not. Whatever yeah. happened, whatever happened in this home, I don't know. But I'm I intend to find out. <laughs> Has she been here for a while? Yeah. And it's just now starting? Uh, it's not just now starting. It's just now ramping up in its instances. So do you, I mean, can you think of any, tri- like what, is there something going on over there change-wise that would trigger it? No. no, there's nothing liminal really happening right now. I mean, dad passed away a few years ago, but sure. we're talking about more than two years ago. Right. I mean, like my dad back now yeah yeah he passed away before my son was born and i there are maybe a handful of times where i recall having felt his presence in my general vicinity checking in what have you didn't see anything didn't hear anything it's just i i smelled him i knew he was there you know i knew my dad was around me yeah for as conflicted as our relationship may have been, I felt very comforted because I always loved the man. I always loved my dad. He was just, he was a Vietnam vet. He had a lot of problems, but I, I'd felt him around me. And so is my sister, Samantha. She is very spiritual. She doesn't believe it's dad either. So whatever's going on over there, I, I, I have to get to the bottom of it. Well, I will be super fascinated 
to find out if you have end up end up having any uh any stuff on your your tapes and your videos oh i i'll share as soon as it happens i will share because this is uh it's almost like a slam dunk because everyone in the house my nephews her significant other everyone's like no pete this is really really going down sam's not just cracking up this is happening and you know walter her significant other is not even remotely spiritually inclined or plugged in or any of it it's wow. not as bad it's not the man's bag it's not his thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he's been wow. very very frank about the goings-on so it's, it, it, it's cheesy but i'm excited i'm very excited no i think it. like I, if i wasn't a scared person i would <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm terrified. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not going to paint myself as this brave soldier for Christ who's going to go in. Right. Like, no, I'm, I'm scared. But I need to know. Yeah. Because wow. my, my, my little sisters are still, and my little brothers, all of them, all, all five of them, they're still my responsibility uh, to some degree not in the same way that you know they were my fathers but they're still right you're you big know, brother yeah i'm the big brother i i'm still the guy who beat up their boyfriends and you know did all that but uh yeah yeah once yeah. this once this really shakes out i'm i'm going to share you know well, that'll be really interesting mm -hmm. you um not too terribly long ago, didn't you try to record in your house? Yeah. Yeah. Anything uh, come of that? Uh, yeah, some things did, but it, it's they were so oblique that I believe if I were to share them and make any dissertions as to what had occurred, people could shoot holes in it and right. I wouldn't even feel I wouldn't even feel like they were being shitty about it. Like, yeah, you could shoot right. those in that. Right. But knowing my home and knowing my sleep patterns and having experienced the life I've led, I know what's going on. And, you know, sleep paralysis is a real thing. I have experienced it since far before, you know, they, they say puberty kind of sparks. Yeah. Yeah sleep paralysis thing i've experienced it from as far back as i could remember in the late 70s wow having, having experiences with sleep paralysis uh this is something far more involved something far more nefarious if you want to call it that um spiritual spiritual whether it be one side or the other so but, um, it, not to cut you off yeah um last week after we watched that movie that serious movie god i got something in my eye right now and it's like burning like crazy that's why um, i put my glasses on oh my god what happened <laughs> um <laughs> I'm a mess dude um <laughs> what in the hell um we watched that serious movie and then 
you know, what about our business? And I re I had bought a sleep mask because I had, my friend had shared an article with me about how light can affect your sleep and like your metabolism and like all this stuff to do with your body, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that, you know, because we have Christmas lights up in the house and I never turn them off. They're up 24 seven all the time. And, um, Dirk and I sleep on the couch actually, like we have a huge like sectional or whatever, mm-hmm. because, um, Mike has been having shoulder problems and kind of his sleeping is crazy right now. And we actually, Mike got COVID. God, it was a long time ago now. And so we had to sleep on the couch and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so much better for my back. Like I have a syrinx on my spine, which is kind of like the sack that your um, the stringy things are in kind of pitches through the, through the little cracks and you have like a little sort of, they call it like a cyst kind of anyway, my back hurts. If it's, if anything's even kind of hard. And so I'm like, oh, this couch is so nice and squishy. So anyway, I started sleeping on the couch and Dirk's like, well, I'll just sleep on the couch too. So we have like couch camp out every single night. Anyway, I put the sleep mask on and it is black. Like it's the really good sleep mask that's like padded on the outside. And then they're sort of like donut shaped so that in the middle, even if your eyes are open, like it's pitch, 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 pitch black. I'm yeah. like, ooh, this is cool, right? So I go to sleep. And as people do, I woke up at one point and I still had the sleep mask on. And I could plain as day see like all of these sacred geometry patterns. Oh. And I was sitting there staring at it. And I'm like, what the hell? And like, I closed my eyes again and I could still see them. And then I would open my eyes again and I could still see them. And I'm like, okay that's freaky because they were so like vivid like they were really vivid and i mean that's not abnormal well i mean i think it's weird that you're seeing actual symbols but it's not like i google searched it and i'm like it's super common like i I can't think of a word for it but like everybody has it and like if you press on your eyes you can you can see like lights and colors. Floaters. The, 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 those well, float, floaters are different. Floaters are actual, that's like the inside of your eyeball shedding and you can see, these are like actual pattern, like like patterns and like li- mm-hmm. uh, lines and whatever. Anyway, it's super common, but I'm like, how weird that after I had, or after we watched that movie about all this like alien stuff and like whatever, and like, I, I thought it was weird because it was like sacred geometry patterns which you know everything's connected yeah like all these patterns are universal in dna and you know the swirl of a snail shell and just like all this stuff but i'm like that was really freaky it was because it was so vivid but i think it was just because that mask was so black that i could act- my eye is what is going on like there, I think like a eyelash or something fell in my eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not bad enough. My whole head is like stuffed up, but now my eyeball is like watering. Anyway, anyway, that was weird. I was like, oh yeah. Next day I woke up and I'm like, uh, hey Mike, 
have you ever seen like sacred geometry patterns in your brain? <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, okay. Then I've talked to a couple other people who are like, oh yeah. When I was a little kid, I used to purposely push on my eyes so I could see them. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying out then. Cause I was like, am I having some kind of weird, like, cause you know, speaking of those people like transcendental meditation and like calling aliens to them. I'm like, is my brain trying to like do this stuff while I'm asleep? calling things to me while I'm like please don't <laughs> don't do that without my like being in on it and yeah. asking you to do it I think that's uh, it's kind of incredible though the um of all of the disciplines that they chose to sort of uh, make communication with uh, um extraterrestrial life they would choose tm because it's actually widely accepted as a form of relaxation and sure. of uh, of you know mental well-being yeah and they're they're facilitating that and pushing it in the sphere of extraterrestrial life it only makes sense that 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 they would correlate but in all reality on paper uh on a collegiate and uh um, you know uh just an intellectual level it makes complete sense that that would be the mode that you would yeah. communicate with something otherworldly it, it it's kind of incredible to me and it, it kind of grants credence to what they're doing whether or not it's real i can't speak to but right i, I kind of buy it yeah, I feel like, I mean, there. I feel like something is definitely going on. I mean, they mm -hmm. have like video and photographic evidence. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not going to discount anybody's experience and say, well, you didn't experience what you say you experienced because I'm not there and I'm not them. So I would never do that. Um, it's super interesting to me. And it's one of those things where I'm like, God, I would want to try that. But by the same token, I'm like, yeah, but what if, what if I opening yourself up to this thing you're also opening yourself up to that thing and yeah, what 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 if everything that you're trying to do bears fruit and you're not prepared to deal with it that too that yeah. too is like you know i walk at night by myself all the time and um i i'm always looking up at the sky i mean arizona is known for ufos and stuff and so I'm always like looking up there and it's yeah. like, I want to see something, but I don't want to see something, but I want to see something. And then and I'm like, but what if you did? And then you have to deal with like wrapping your brain around that. Yeah. And then one night I was walking and I was like, what would I do if all of a sudden my characters that I created, like just popped out? Roman just drops in out of yeah. nowhere. And what would do? hold on. I'll be right back. My nose is running. Cause yep. I'm Oh my God. But yeah, but actually it was just weird because I wasn't even thinking about it. One night when I was walking out, I just got this weird vibe of what if like, actually it was Lux of all of them. What if Lux just, here he is. Yeah. And it was such a strange like vibe that it actually gave me the creeps. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I would do with it. Like, 
you know, you always talk about like tulpa. Well, you don't always talk about it. people always talk about like tulpas and stuff. Yeah. Well, so, so, especially yeah, since the new uh, Twin Peaks came out, tulpas are a big thing. You know that 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 was kind of the thrust of the new Twin Peaks show. Just think of how freaking freaky that would be. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, you're really here. Mm-hmm. You know how bizarre, but I mean, I love thinking about all that kind of stuff. That's why. That new show. Um, have you seen Outer Range yet? No, but I want to watch that. That looks good. Oh my God. It's very Twin Peaks ish, very tied into the idea of tulpas. It, I got the impression maybe it was Skinwalkers. Is that? No. No? No, it's more, it's more David Lynchian, more. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's deeper than one would initially surmise anyway okay that's up our alley for sure yeah 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 but the idea that you know you could sort of will a being into existence via your own imagination what do you think about that do you think that's possible i think anything within the sphere of um you know you know uh quantum physics in general is possible based on the fact that you know we may be fooled into believing that we've willed this into existence but in all actuality with the idea that all is all and everything uh-huh. under the under the guise of quantum physics maybe we didn't invent it it was just in you know always a part of our consciousness and always existed in its own way and right. we create a conduit for it yes but we're getting I, I that's me getting way into the weeds with my own you know <laughs> weirdness so one of the things that brother richard said on um, tim's podcast that really stuck with me was if you if you can think of it it's already existed like if yeah like because your brain couldn't be able to create something that doesn't already exist. Correct. So I guess if, if you're gonna believe that, then any theory that you come up with is essentially true. Yeah, because it, it's already taken place within the context of you know, greater existence outside of the, you know, periphery of your own human experience. So, so maybe there's something, there is something to that uh, manifestation thing where people always talk about like manifest your destiny. And- mm-hmm. <clears throat> the whole yeah. law of attraction of yeah. it all. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. I, I believe in that, but also I'm just like, I also don't believe in that because I mean, this I didn't choose this. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a noob. I don't get it. But no, I think what that what, where the disconnect in that lies is the fact that you know we're torn between the corporeal, which means you know right. that part of us that's tied to our own bodies, versus the infinite and stuck to our own devices within the context of living within these bodies 
it's outside of our understanding right you know to, to kind of grasp the infinite but once we transcend the flesh it's in my opinion it all becomes very clear because we slough off this this shoal of of uh you know physical existence but then again we're getting into the weeds of my own you know psychosis and minutia <laughs> well you know and i also think that like you know the universe god whatever you i mean whatever you call it is it mm-hmm. like your sugar daddy no like no. you can't just go oh i want everything good in the whole world yeah. give it to me like so i don't it's like i believe sort of in like manifesting your destiny but also not and just like i know people wholeheartedly believe in karma and i'm like i just can't because i've seen too many good people fucking die horrendously awful deaths and too many fucking sick people never anything but rewards so is there karma in the afterlife yeah i mean i guess but as far as thinking that like people will say, oh, that guy's going to get his. I'm like, no, he's not. No, no, he's not. He's never going to get his. He's not never here. <clears throat> not here. People anyway. think like it's going to happen here. Any, I mean, so sure. Sometimes it does. Yeah, but that's, but I don't that's, think that's the exception. Karma. I think it's just the randomness of fucking life. Yeah, I, I mean, the building blocks of existence in general are very random, very, uh, you know, everything came together uh, in a very specific way that seems chaotic. But in all reality, if if you break it down, there's no chaos involved. It's right, very, right. It, 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 it's regimented. It's, it all falls in line in a very specific manner. But this life, whether you're Christian, Buddhist, whatever faith you ascribe yourself to, it's a testing ground. This is just, you know, training for eternity, training for utopia. Um, You know, we're meant to, we're built to burn. We're built to fail here. No matter what you believe. You know, this is just, that's what bothers me is that like I the failing part because I feel like like I'm never okay with the fact that I'm not perfect and I know that that's ridiculous I know that's ridiculous like I would never say to you that you have to be perfect right but it's such and I don't know I don't know where it comes from and like you know because I pray a lot and especially like when I'm walking I have like i mean i talk to god like i talk to you yeah so, that's, oh, prayer is supposed to be open dialogue let's exactly. face facts yeah and like i'll 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 be like oh help me to be the person that i'm meant to be and this thing just popped in my head i was like you're already the person that you're meant to be like what yeah. what do you like what is this person that you're aiming to and it's because i have always had this like very specific vision of who I think I should be, what I should look like, how, you know, what I should do, how I should do it. And I've never lived up to my expectations ever. 
no, I'm, but no. You know, I'm not a good enough worker. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough daughter. I'm not a good enough sister. I'm not a good enough friend. I'm not a good enough exerciser. I'm not a good enough eater. I'm not a good enough house cleaner. That's all I think about all day, every day. Yeah. Since my entire life. And I don't know where it comes from. I do. Why? I do. And, you know, it's going to sound really, you know, kind of like a blanket statement, but it comes from two or three different places. First of which, and it, it sounds trite, but patriarchy. It comes from patriarchy because, you know, all women are in some way, shape, or form, trying to live up to the expectation of the father figure. A. B, we all grew up, especially in the 80s and 90s, with women on the covers of, of L and Cosmopolitan being these very stick figure-esque, very, uh, you know, binge and purge skinny yeah. versions of beauty. And C, and maybe the most pressing is, is, you know, your television portrayal of, you know, the sideways demure woman where, you know, she, this, this house, this housewife or this woman who works doesn't matter which uh, still ultimately plays folly to the masculine in, in her family unit. You know, we're like, Haha, I told you that was going to happen. Okay. <laughs> you know, where uh, the, the feminine is still beholden to the masculine and beholden to a vision of feminine beauty that the masculine holds dear and is, you know, actually ubiquitous to the culture when in all reality, every woman on earth is everything but this picture with with you know very slight variations and aberrations thereof so women are conditioned to live up to an example that doesn't exist so that's why you beat yourself up over a bullshit idea of what you're supposed to be when in all actuality everything you are is utterly fantastic and a lot of people look up to it's yeah and you don't see it because this was pounded down your throat because you're of my generation and that's what we're used to yeah yeah it's weird does that make sense or am i just talking out of my ass no no, it really it does it does make sense but it's like it's such a because i do it to like nobody does it to me I mean, I have had people reinforce those things to me in the past. Sure. You know, I could cite many examples. But like, like it'd be more like this or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah. like, you looked like that. But like it, it but I do it to myself worse than anybody has ever done that to me. It's just very strange. Because you were forced because it was ingrained in you. It's not that wasn't your choice. That was that was the norm. That yeah. was like, like, and women do it to each other because, and it's not their fault. That's patriarchy. What we're talking about is out and out patriarchy. 
I'm like, even as a man, I, I mean, there's a, a, a sort of victimization via patriarchy because I was meant to live up to this expectation of masculinity where yeah, I'm yeah, out yeah. being this hunter and, you know, I'm supposed to be manly and masculine and I, you know, you don't talk about your feelings or write poetry, you fist fight and, right. you know, and I'm guilty of it. I'm so guilty of it. You know, having this, you know, inherent masculine anger and willingness to strike out in a violent way, whereas in my true nature is not that. My true nature is to be a poet, to be an artist, to be a writer, to be a musician. Yeah. But my programming is otherwise. Your programming is otherwise because we've been dupes. We're such complicated creatures. I mean, everybody, yeah. everyone. Yeah. We're so complicated. It's, you know, and I, I genuinely spend a lot of time thinking about my motivations for why I think the way I think, why do I do this? Why, why is that my reaction to that? Like, I think social media has been really good for me because I see so much ugly shit that I used to do in other people that it's, I mean, I was just as guilty of the same crap and I still am sometimes, but like yeah. it really, when you really stop and think about your motivation for like why you do certain things and then you realize it's a, it's, it's a bullshit thing to do, mm. it should change your behavior. And, you know, and it has for me, like sometimes on time hop, some of my old posts will come up and I'm like, why was I... Like, why did I need to say that? Why did I feel the need to say that yeah. at that time? Because it makes me cringe now. Like I would never, like, like just, you know, ripping on random people for no reason or right. movies or TV shows. Like nobody needed to know that. Not, no one needed my hot take on Lady Gaga, you know? <laughs> right, right. But do you see where... Uh, the ingrained uh, popular opinion of the uh, patriarchal society had an impact on your assessment of Lady Gaga, who in yeah. all actuality is kind of, she's, she's kind of fantastic if you really well, think about it. It doesn't even matter. Like, it doesn't matter right. if she's fantastic or not. No one needs to know my thoughts on it. Right. But it, but it is it's interesting because like there is there are certain people like that i see their posts all the time and every single post is a is a con contrary or like critical comment about something right and i'm like first off why do you, you know why do you feel the need to do that and i have actually asked certain people that before they never have an answer it's always just like well that's my opinion it's like okay i got it yeah but what's uh, the what's the basis like cite and, your sources like and well and why are you why do you why do you think everybody needs to know that you hate the new batman movie yeah whatever neither here nor there but like it's just interesting to me that some people never look at why they do certain behaviors or like and they just kind of go that's just who i am and if you don't like it 
that's too bad. But I don't think people really think that deep in the back of their brain. No, because I think that's they, just a defense mechanism. Yeah, but well, it's a fear. It's a fear that you know, if I were to, you know, peel back enough layers of my own persona, it's informed by something that is other than my actual thought thought my belief what 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 my what pounds through my actual heart and soul because i think when you break down every human being to their most base instincts it's you know take care of my wife my kids or my husband and my kids or my no kids and my dogs whatever it is that you hold dearest that's the ultimate human aspiration is is to take care of those or that which is in your stead okay yeah. or 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 that which comes from your specific loins anything outside of that is kind of cursory it's it's other it's it's yeah. peripheral so uh you know men in my age group who you know place so much emphasis on things like career of course I could excel in my career. I don't care to, I, I just don't care. Yeah. I, I, I make a good enough living as a plumber that my, my kids get what they need. And right. I, I, I give enough to the family unit that, you know, it, it either matches or is exceeded slightly by what my incredibly intelligent wife can pull in because let's face it, Tiana is far better at everything than I am. <laughs> I, I, I feel that hard. I feel that real hard. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel in my house too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, it's a, just so long as the, that, that intent is there, that is as important as the end product of what you're pulling in, what you're giving to the communal greater good. Your intentions are... I <laughs> they far surpass they far surpass the end product and i don't think anyone gives that enough credit yeah life's hard man <laughs> and life's hard life's hard but i try i try the love that you put into what it is that you do to provide for those you love is worth more than the ends you, it's so funny product. because you say that and I and I my brain instinctively goes you don't even love them enough like if you loved them enough you'd be better at these things you'd be right you know you're it's such a it's such a sweetheart that's the trick that's what they that's the trick of what they do to us though do you see that like the way you judge yourself which pisses me off because you you don't deserve you don't deserve that scrutiny that you give to yourself because you didn't come up with it. That was something that was put upon weird. It is, it's very, it is very, very weird because like the whole time you sitting there saying that in the back of my brain, I'm like, yeah, but if I did, if I really cared, I would be doing this and I would be, it's such a bizarre, torturous thing. It's, it's the, you know, inferred and, and, you know, designed dichotomy of modern human existence. 
because it's let's we'll go back to world war ii when women were first truly given the power to be breadwinners because all of the men were off to war so all of your production jobs all the way through office jobs were given to women because the men were gone precursor to that men were running everything it was when the great war happened that we fully recognized without giving credit to the feminine of society to have the have that power to keep everything going and actually doing it better than the men could that's when the scrutiny started that's when the magazines came out that said this is what a woman's supposed to look like this is you know what was once considered rubenesque or voluptuous is now de rigueur and then a few years later it goes into the women who starve themselves and are the jane fonda of it all yeah and 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 you carry that down the line that is not informed by reality it's informed by what they would like you to believe is popular culture when in all reality most men will look at a woman with hips and breasts as a true picture of beauty because on an instinctual level we see the capability of of a woman to carry life and you know men are not we're as much as we would like to think that we are we've transcended the simian in us we have (laughs) we have not well don't you think some of it is just literally dna like programming that's what i'm that's exactly because don't deep think about this stuff they just and that's what i'm that's kind of what i'm playing into like that that you know genetic programming says a woman with hips is going to be able to pass a child through so of course we're going to be like yes that's sexier that's why you know most men don't look at stick figure women and say that's sexy we don't we don't do it we like people will pretend that that's the truth but the truth of it is is a woman with hips and a woman with curves is going to be instinctually sexually more appealing because that is how we keep we keep us going you know that's what yeah keeps keeps the human existence flowing you know (laughs) everything else is just uh, a close hanger in all reality that's what makes christian dior so that's not what makes life happen that's funny I guess I really am uh, <laughs> a lot more of a feminist than I would have given myself credit for You're because this is more, more of one instinctively than I am because I I mean I'm clearly programmed I mean but I don't I'm not blaming anybody for it I think it's I think ninety eight percent of it is my brain. No, no, I, I will, I'll combat you on that because that is legitimately what that is fed to women. It for sure is definitely. Like, here's your vision of beauty. Oh. And it used to be Marilyn Monroe and Marilyn was not skinny. She yeah, was a healthy girl. She was built like a brick shit house. Yeah. 
And that's how ladies are supposed to look. Rubenesque. Well, I mean, I think, you know, here's the, here's the girl in me. I think that all people are, you know, I think people are attracted to different types of bodies. We, yes, Baby, yes. Tubby, but, whatever. But what, what stirs the loins in the average man is Marilyn Monroe, not whomever the, oh God, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even tell you. But know. but even like some of these like Megan the Scal the Stallion right now who yeah, can yeah, yeah. that girl can wrap her ass off too like let's face facts but she's built like that okay yeah I mean we're talking we're talking about a woman who has curves any guy on earth is gonna look at that and go mm -hmm, yeah okay I can see why anybody would want that they're not going to look at and I'm trying to conjure a name like like uh, one of these blonde waifish <laughs> actresses that are still getting work to this day. To me, uh, that that looks like a little boy. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess that just hasn't been my experience. But, well, I mean, your experience is more than likely vicarious through the uh conversations with other men who are not you know like a, as a married woman they're not viewing you as a commodity no but even prior i mean all my history prior to mike it mm -hmm. was all with the exception of one person it was all negative so i don't know uh, see, uh, I, maybe I have always traveled in circles that were more, I guess, enlightened. Maybe. Which, uh, I'm, maybe, maybe. Like you, whatever it is. Anytime somebody tells me, like, they're, you know, like there's dudes that like specifically like overweight girls, I'm like, do they really? Like, I can't picture. Like, because in my head, I mean, I, okay, let me state for the record. I can picture them liking some other girl mm -hmm. that's overweight, but I can't picture that in relation to me. Like to me, I would be like, they say that, but no. <laughs> well, because you're so accustomed to shitting on yourself. I guess. No, that's ex terror. That's exactly what it is. Just like when I talk about, you know, the fact that Estrella is such a fucking masterpiece. You're like, yeah, okay. But, you know, like, no, there's the, like, you don't, you instinctually take the piss out of anything that places you on a pedestal higher. Oh, I definitely, it makes me completely cringe. Completely that's, cringe. that's terrible. That's terrible because you should be allowed to celebrate your, your greater potential. That's, that's not fair to you to, to do that to you I just can't every once in a great while i'll do something and i'll be like that was good and that's as far as it goes yeah but you're such an incredible like like otherworldly incredible vocalist you're you're capable of so fucking much and 
you know, like, I just don't get that. Like, I really, I, I'm not saying that to be like humble. No, I know. I really don't think it's anything special. I really don't. But it is, but it is. And I'm here to tell you that. And, you know, it's not just because I've been such a fan of Lycia for so long or because like, even though we just reconnected like a year or so ago, like we've known each other for a while there's always been an admiration on my end for what you do, what you bring to the table, what, you you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm well-versed enough in music to know what's good. It's just weird to me because like, to me, I'm still just that kid that fucking didn't fit and like whatever. And then, you know, to me, I, I'm like, okay, yeah, I do music and I sing and stuff, but I'm not like on that level. I'm still just like fucking like, like fumbling my way through everything. You know what I mean? Like accidentally doing stuff. And so so was Jim Morrison. So was Iggy Pop. So was Robert Plant. So was, you know, Robert Smith. So was Johnny Rotten, Joey Ramone. Uh, The list goes on and on. We were all misfits. You know, we were all people that no one else took stock in until we found our niche and dominated and showed people that here's my place. And fuck you if you don't like it. Yeah, I just don't. I just, I don't know. I just don't. I see that for other people. You didn't re- you didn't recognize it the time and time and time and time again when you'd done it. No, because I don't think it I, I don't think I have. Yes, you have though many times, and I think that's what makes an artist. And that's the curse of the great artist. The great artist doesn't see how great they are and doesn't give themselves enough credit for the great things they've done, which is the tragedy the 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 shakespearean tragedy of of talent yeah the the truly talented never give themselves credit ornette coleman killed himself with heroin because he didn't see how genius he was as a jazz artist okay And, and it's that time and time again jim morrison bloated in a bathtub in france dead destroyed himself without fully grasping even though he knew he didn't grasp that he was not only a lyrical genius but a a magnet for feminine sexual energy throughout the late 60s and early 70s to the point where the men could have slept with anyone and commanded such a you know you know the zeitgeist of, of of what one would consider hippie culture and it just died in a bathtub in France because he didn't, he didn't not even self-love, but just a self-awareness to know that here's what I'm capable of. Here's what people think of me. It's, it's a weird thing. It like, is. It, it, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would rather be like this than be arrogant. I can't, that makes that like I think that's probably part of the thing is that I'm so like I find people that have egos so abhorrent that yeah. anything that is even slightly hinting at having an ego is off-putting to me 
for like, you know, if you, if people should think they're good, like, I mean, they should, people should be, I'm awesome. I'm good at things. But like when it's in that arrogant way, it's so gross to me. And so it, there's like this weird fine line between thinking I did good at that and being like, yeah, I'm all that. And, and I, it, it's, yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, there's a, there's a flip side to that because yes, to, to believe that everything you've done is incredible is abhorrent to other artists. Whereas the flip side of that coin is, you know, Kurt Cobain, where, uh, uh, you know, you get somebody who believe what you want about the music of Nirvana. They were transcending, they were taking, you know, the underground at that time, what the the Melvins were doing and all of that. They changed music and he couldn't stand the fact that people thought highly of him because he was so down on himself that he ended up gone dead yeah when he could have you know went from a three album run and then dead to a 16 album run and still here still here and his daughter would still have a dad you you know you know what i mean like that that's that's kind of like the 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 line that all artists ride so yeah for me, it's definitely like a feeling of like just accidentally lucking into something that anybody could have accidentally lucked into the same situation. I don't know. No, I mean, to me, it's more like lightning in a bottle where like the combination worked in a very, like you couldn't have planned it. You know, the, these yeah. things these things happened in a random succession that were so hand in glove so perfectly made for one another that they couldn't have gone any other way life is definitely like weird because you know there's the whole thing of like is it mapped out or is it not mapped out and i feel i I think it's kind of both like if you go this way that'll happen if you go that way a whole different thing will happen Mm-hmm. but it's definitely i mean it one just alternate choice could just what if i never wrote mike what if sam never sent me mike's address what if that guy never sent me that dubbed copy of ionia what you know what i mean like all this random yeah. stuff but by the same token like it did happen but it could have easily not happened it's just such right. a weird it's such a life is just very weird <laughs> well, and then I mean, here and like who knows what Dirk's gonna be when he grows up and what he's gonna do you know like it's just everything is so bizarre well I mean yeah I on paper bizarre but in the context of human existence pretty on par with the way all things happen right totally completely you know so i mean we're all ordained and yet not at the same time yeah yeah yeah, pretty much i mean if if in retrospect it looks preordained and yeah you know so mode it be 
but when you're in it when you're still riding that initial wave it feels very random and very special but that's what makes human life so incredible because every little minute thing i guess that's adventure the chaos magic of it all right that's the chaos magic of it all yes yeah. back because, to the sacred geometry yeah well yeah yeah and the fact that you know there's 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 a a a map to it all and there's a a flow to it all and a mathematical equation to it all but when you step back from it and just look for a second if you don't understand the path it all looks like chaos yeah and that's beautiful yeah And and that's what makes life special yeah my wife and I shouldn't be together. My wife and I are vastly dissimilar. She's far more attractive than I am. She, you know what I mean? Like she, there's just. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> the, my wife is gorgeous. Well, That's of course she is, is, but you are too. Yeah, I mean, not like that. She's. Um, well, you should feel that way. I I will always feel that way about my wife. She's just. I love my wife very much. But if you put the two of us together on paper, it just doesn't add up. But we got this gorgeous little boy out of it. And after having experienced it, it seems ordained. But if you step back and look at the grand picture of it all, it looks very convoluted. And there's so many branches, twists, and turns. It's like the taproot of a very rogue tree. But here it is. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful about reality. As chaotic and as painful as it can be, it can also be so rewarding. Yeah. And that's what I I, I see in, in, you know, your career just as a musician and like not, not taking into consideration your personal life, your son, your husband, just the musical path there was something that kind of like called you out of obscurity and said, okay, there's this really powerful, really deep force that that's pounding on the periphery of, of, of popular music that will impact a good many people. And you're supposed to be a part of this. And you came to it as a fan, not as, someone who is uh you know attempting to be intrinsic to that experience so you came to it as as an admirer and became a driving force within it that's how could you ask for really much more than that you know can i tell you i still feel like this is mike's thing and i'm allowed to be a part of it and i know he doesn't it's not because of him. Like, I feel like it's a gift that I'm allowed to be a part of. Like, and I, you know, that gift can always be taken away. And not, I'm not saying like, he's like, no, you're not allowed in here. But just in general, like, none of us knows, like when the last record comes out, nobody plans for generally 
yeah. nobody plans for it to be the last record. Nobody knows when you step off that stage for the last time. I mean, some people plan it, I guess, but it wasn't our plan. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but you know, it, it's just such a strange, such a strange thing, um, all of it. But I definitely feel, you know, obviously destined to be where I am because it was just too bizarre not to have had some sort of destiny right to it you know what i mean like i randomly get a tape from some random guy that i just happened to randomly write and then randomly write to the record label and he randomly writes me back and then you know just a whole weird the whole thing's weird but um, i mean i think it's true of everybody <laughs> everything's weird everything's weird yeah but it's supposed to be that's the whole yeah. that's that's the whole beauty of uh, of 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 the situation like that's why you know you and dave are still kind of like reaching for that next movement and you know the these spirits that are entwined that have created in the past are still coming together to make something else to do that next thing i hope so why why wouldn't you i mean if you're not meant to then why do these things continually present themselves i don't know like i said you just never know like things can be gone you know stuff can just be gone nothing you guys have done has been gone though that's the thing I mean, you've survived every negative pratfall within yeah. the music industry within the last 20 some odd years because everyone has felt that pang. But it's still here. It's still moving people. It's still inspiring people. We still have the soft kills of the world. We still have, you know, don't get lemon like the musicians that have obviously taken cues from your playbook and expounded upon them for their own self-expression that's immortality in a nutshell that's it that's as immortal as any human being gets yeah i know you don't see it i know you're not seeing it well i just it's i mean that whole thing that's just weird to me but just like i said you never know when the last time you step off a stage or the last record the last song is recorded you just don't know those days come yeah and that's why like when i see these other bands out touring and stuff i'm like fucking do it while you can man because you don't you don't know when the last time is well fortunately for you the best song you'd ever written is still in the house with you guys oh and yeah 100 he will always be the best song you've ever written 100 yeah. percent. yep he's a cool dude <laughs> yeah he is so i got way too deep there for uh, our normal uh discussions so I know. I love it. I love it though. Cause we're all over the place and I like that. That's how a conversation's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
but um I, I probably I'm, go. <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty late we should probably go but like i i do want to like anyone who's still hanging out with us and watching this in the future like you know this is uh this is as real as i get you know without interviewing an artist or whatever this is pretty much me yeah like unfiltered <laughs> it, it should be that yeah. should be. i mean people need to just be real warts and all you know yeah yeah and i'm a i'm a great big toad open wound, toad open <laughs> wound of a human <laughs> yeah i feel you brother I yeah feel well thanks for hanging out with me likewise we don't do it enough and I know. No. it sucks but neither of us can afford the uh the flights to the other side of the country yeah. in order for us to do it in reality so it's as best it's the best we're gonna get it is it's and it's awesome i agree all right well my sweet friend all right my friend i love you very much love you too you're you're the best have a have you a good rest of your night go to bed i'm going to <laughs> all right have fun with your kiddo i will good night babe bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> <laughs>